0: I want you to live with me and die with me and podcast with me. Not a bad Mason. Thank you. Oh, I, I, mean, don't, uh, it's, uh, I uh,
1: remember when John Hamm busted out of James Mason on SNL? Yeah, it was like he was having a great up, no. and then you were like, "Is he going to like do an impression?" And he did James Mason. He got a pocket Mason, and it was like, "All right, yeah, all right, yeah."
2: He's in what sketch?
1: Huh? In what it was sketch? one of those Bill Hader sketches that's like a black and white Vincent Price movie uh, or whatever, uh, where Hader's just uh, like, come on, uh, right, guys. For it me. was, right, that became <laughs> the
0: weird receptacle for like, does the host have an impression that is so out of vogue right. that there's no other sketch you can put it in?
3: We need hosts who can do stuff like that again.
0: Absolutely. I was looking for quotes uh, to open this uh, episode with, and I was uh, struggling to find a quote that didn't overly sexualize the podcast.
3: Mm.
0: You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess so.
3: You didn't want to do normal guy, normal podcast?
1: <laughs> normal guy, normal podcast. You know? I can't remember a lot of quotes from this movie. I'm, I'm just sort of searching my brain. It's I guess really I'll... just
3: the normal guy stuff I remember. Yeah. After I saw it at Film Forum, I went back home and looked up that normal guy scene just to watch it again. It it's is... so crazy in the context of the film.
0: It is so bizarre.
3: And all the comments on YouTube are like, this is bone chilling. This is so scary. This is the scariest part of this movie. This is so upsetting and disturbing. I was like, this is really funny. This is so
0: funny. I think it's both. Like, it is very funny, but it does make my skin crawl where the tension of it is like unbearable. What drives me insane is the twofold nature of this podcast. Of every podcast, perhaps. You're, you're, you're this mixture in my podcast <laughs> is tensed in i kind of a oh, He's going down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is my madness to keep <laughs> trying this to scoop him back into the cup. <laughs> gives me a strange thrill to
1: do so. That happened to me recently where I was wearing like a cheap pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, in the, I was kayaking.
0: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And uh, do you they, lose
1: him? They fell off. No. And they went in the water. And I had the one second where I was like, I can grab them. Yeah. I missed. And it was just like, uh, gone. And they were heart-shaped, right? Hmm? They were heart-shaped. <laughs> they were no. like, yeah, my Lolita kayaking <laughs> You closet. were lying in the kayak,
0: Lolita style, on <laughs> your love tummy. I just throw off a Lolita vibe on my kayak. Legs thrown up. Yeah. 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 And your wife said, David, what the fuck are you doing? Grab the paddle. David, what the? F- I wish I, David, I can't it. What I the can't fuck it. are you? Are I can you- get it for a second, And I lose it again. It's almost like it. It's like a, there's a little bit of like male Catherine Hepburn in it, right? There's like a little bit of the right. Obviously, he's an
1: Englishman, but there sorry, is what <laughs> James Mason from the UK. Well, how um, you know that? But there is one of those things where when you see him, you're like, well, of course, this guy was a movie movie star. Sure, he's not maybe like conventionally
2: handsome. Sure. He's
1: handsome, but you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, he only got famous when he's older, but when
0: you hear him talk, you're like, yeah, but no one else is like that, this. That's the thing. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you got to have this guy in movies. People used to be movie stars because they were just unique.
1: You know, it's kind of what David Niven is like. I know David yeah. Niven was like a genuine sex symbol. Like right. it's not, I'm, you know, but, but like, but Bogart's. Just like, who else is like this fucking guy? Bogart, Bogart's like sure. the perfect
0: example of that, where you're like, you read through Bogart's career and you're like, as a young man in theater, his thing was playing like glib upper crust, right, right, blue blood, like fucking rich boys, right. right? And then he becomes like, oh, he ages, he no longer looks like that. Have him be the guy in the back of like the fucking gang, the trigger man. Yeah, at some he was point, the they're heavy, like, right? I don't know. Just let him fucking be the star of one movie. What are we gonna do? And everyone's just like, who the fuck looks like this and sounds like this? Like, this is young bogey, young girl, right. bogey. Or uh, he's a little more debonair. Uh, Right. It's funny that, like, you read Young Bogey reviews and they talk about him like he's Bradley Cooper in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> and they're like, this guy's obviously figured out his type. God. Bradley
3: Cooper Wedding Crashers. All the photos crashers. are like him and like Don't a fucking... Don't get me going on Cooper. ...sweater Don't with do this, a, a I mean, racket.
0: The yeah. maestro himself?
3: So I can't talk about we it. We can't talk maestro? Well, I mean, we can. We
1: can talk maestro.
0: Maybe,
3: uh, in fact, we must talk maestro.
1: Well, we will talk maestro on blank check whenever maestro do, do come That out. was like, I yes. woke
3: up in a cold sweat being like, they're going to cover Maestro, right? She literally
1: yeah. texted me at like six in
0: the morning. asking. And, and Maestro do come out, right? We do think. Uh, next year, I believe. Next yeah. year. Yes. Next year. Uh, I mean, they're kicking it.
2: Okay, what the fuck, Maestro? Do you know what Maestro is? No. Uh-
1: it's Bradley Cooper's next directed film. Oh, Wow in which he plays Leonard Bernstein, the famous composer. Steven Spielberg oh, was supposed to direct yeah. and develop the
3: I
2: saw him an old man. Yes. Yeah,
1: he's wearing well, a big
3: prosthetic nose. He's wearing Shots. Bernstein face. He's, yeah. di- he's apparently directing in Bernstein voice. Yes.
2: Cool.
1: Which,
3: I mean, I don't think he should drop the voice in between what, If you are
1: the maestro, yes. how are you going to drop maestro when you're being the director? Well, I mean, which no, is I agree. In many ways it's just maestro. a crazy thing yes. to
3: think because then it's like, oh, it's almost as if Maestro himself, Leonard Bernstein, directed a film.
1: But like you work in film, you've you've
0: I've, d- I've done you've a been few in films. Uh, terrible films. Yes. The director is the maestro, correct? Right, exactly. always. Yeah. And I only work with maestros. You only work with maestros. I only work with maestros. I'm very selective. <laughs> like your specific.
1: Uh, oh, you know, oh, fuck who? You know who's a director who's bad? I,
0: I don't know. Len Wiseman.
1: Len Wiseman. What? He's not a maestro. I'm
0: not doing. He's not a maestro. Movie. I turned maestro. on every Wiseman picture. Yeah. And they, you keep getting offered. I keep getting offered. <laughs> I've turned on four consecutive underworld yeah, movies. Yeah, you kept throwing underworlds at you. Yeah. Oh boy! I, I refuse to play either a lichen or a. I don't know what the other ones are called.
1: I think they're just vampires.
0: Are they? Don't they have another name? The lichens are the werewolves. They are. Don't the vampires have some code name? Or are they just called vampires? Vampires and lichens. Okay. Is one of them she, called?
1: She's a vampire. No. Yes. She is.
0: Yes. She's
1: not like a vampire
0: hunter.
3: Huh. Who is? It's uh, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Right. Of oh, it's course. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Uh, there
0: there's Celine. fifteen years of I, I feel Beckinsale and Wiseman and Mila and uh, Paul W S Anderson. I get these pairings. The mixed Resident up. Evil and the Underworld, right. and then both of them occasionally stepping outside to do other screen gems, where they're of... still
1: basically like wearing a leather jacket and kind right. of just doing the same thing, but but it's it was not, just like the yeah. Two yeah, yeah, married
0: yeah. couple franchises. But there's one Underworld
1: that. Beckinsale is not. Maybe the third? Rise of the Lichens? Yeah, when the Lichens rose. That's the prequel. Which... <laughs> that, that was when they were just like, okay, so Kate's not in. Nye on the poster? Let's just put
0: Nye on the poster. I think Michael Sheen's first film? Uh, Michael Sheen, Bill Nye, Rona Mitra. Right, because yeah. the whole thing is that it's Romeo and Juliet. Oh. With Speedman is Romeo, yes, right. and he's a werewolf. And then, a at Lycan. least for the first movie, of sorts. Bill Nye is one of he's the Bill vampire, Nye is the father. head of the vamps, right? And I believe Sheen is the head of the like Montague or the Capulet, whatever. Right? right. It's just funny that they yes. were like, I don't know. It's nice. Put something on there. The other thing is, uh, at the time of making the first Underworld film, I believe, if not married, Kate Beckinsale and uh, Michael Sheen were at least strongly together yes. had a child yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, And then, and then she, she, she him leaves for him for Len Leisman, Yeah. And then they were like, oh. Michael, you gonna do the sequel? And he's like, I mean, gig's a gig. And then he's even doing the movies that she's not yeah, in. She's, yeah.
1: Sheen is famously chill about this stuff. There was some video of Sheen and David Tennant roasting each other. Did you see this? They must have been doing a podcast or something. No,
3: I was going to point out the Uma Thurman Stern clip that was making the rounds. Still love him. Of, yeah, talking about Ethan Hawke and Stern being like, he cheated on you. And she's like, so? Right. Cool. Get over it. Cool thing for that a is girl cool. to say.
1: Because this is the thing. I feel like when we were younger, mm-hmm. things like that, it was yeah. like, you know, you'd read the magazines, right? And it was True. like, Ethan Hawke, like. Is banished to like bad boy territory forever for doing this unpardonable sin or whatever. And often, then you dig into it. Michael Sheen, Kate Beckinsale, like, oh, we're friends. We have a kid together. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Did like four more? We all fucked each other. Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ethan Hawke is bad.
3: No way. No, I'm not buying it.
1: about him. Yeah, it was it was Crudup who was the the most. Yes. yes. Oh well, yeah. Because she was pregnant, right when he left her. My mom like won't watch months.
0: Craig. won't watch yeah. Billy up in anything.
3: And if he's in something, she's like, you know what? I'm not interested. Yeah. And but I'm then like, he's good. Crudup but and, and Watts a-
0: ending up together is yeah. interesting. Crudup and Naomi Watts Yes, up-
3: currently together. She was with Leave.
0: I know. I didn't she even know this. Yes. Yeah. She left Leave. She left Leave. <laughs> <laughs> 50 ways to leave your Leave. <laughs> she made the decision to leave. Schreiber. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that. I had no idea. I I once saw them together on the platform at Astor Place. Leaver Watts? Leaver Watts and at least one uh, child. Yeah. And I
0: thought, there they are. There they are. No Watson. Watson, cut up together now is interesting. His
2: energy is weird. I feel like we don't a, want to talk about Alita. Yeah, I feel like I'm just watching you all sort of dance around the topic. Well, just when like we in you know, circles. James Mason
0: just set us on some weird path. What? What's up? You know, do you think we're trying to avoid talking about the movie in question today? There was like the, the late '90s, early '2000s thing where I think that entire actor scene of like Patricia Clarkson, Campbell Scott, Stanley Tucci. Like there was like four or five couples that all seemed to keep crossing yeah, over, yeah, yeah. and then I feel like Lee and Watts were like right hovering outside of that. Mary Louise Parker and up right outside of that. All the like sort of like they're movie stars, but they're also serious New York theater actors, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. 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 Yeah. Right, right. And it always just felt like there was there was internal drama and couple swapping she, and shit like she that. She met on. up on the set of Gypsy. Which we all remember. The Netflix show Gypsy. I remember. It felt like the first Netflix show where people were like, Oh, Netflix shows can be dog shit. <laughs> right, Netflix, not, <laughs>
1: Netflix having a show is no longer automatic. They
0: can have like a prestige show With starring Academy Award nominees. It's and it funny dog how dog that always shit.
1: happens to poor Naomi Watts where she's like, now I'll do my Netflix show. And i was right. like, not interested. Right. Hold the shutter down. <laughs>
0: right. HBO's <laughs> like, you later. Oh, we gotta make as many Game of Thrones prequels as possible. And then she films one and they're like, except for this one. Yeah, no. Nothing. This one we're not
1: doing. I put this put this next to Batgirl. Yeah. Caught up. Who knew? Well, you know what? What? Great up.
0: Uh, thank ben, you. You want to hit stop, Ben? Wrap it up. Perfect I'm joking. I'm okay. excited to talk about Lolita. I'm not. Listen, hey, okay. everybody. Oh, <laughs> Come on. this is a podcast. A blank check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. Okay, I'm David. It's a podcast about I really bungled that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David?
3: Did you get nervous? Do you uh, get nervous no, to record? No, no, I you don't. might. You sound nervous.
1: I maybe the only time I would get nervous these days is with some sort of like fancy guest, and you are one of them. So like, that's why I'm okay.
3: nervous. Okay, thank you
0: blockbuster, Fran Hoffman. It's a podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers are giving a series of blank checks, make whatever crazy, passion products they want, sometimes those checks clear, sometimes they bounce baby. This is a pretty good example. Of a, of a what? Of, of someone cashing in a check.
1: I would say so, because this is post-Spartacus, correct? Yeah. Uh, which is Kubrick's most successful film. Directed the highest grossing film of its year. And was the biggest hit of its year. Yeah. So that's one reason he probably gets this to make Lolita. But of course, I think it's also the fact that Lolita was, despite being controversial, such a
0: bestseller that it was automatically like, well, if you can do that, it could be a hit. Look, this movie does have one of, if not the single greatest tagline of all time. How do they ever make a movie of Lolita? It's, it, it is perfect. It is a great yeah. tagline. And the answer is like, eh, they did not it okay the, With great difficulty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but it was know. like, that was the whole fucking marketing hook for this movie of like, how, what are you talking about? How were they allowed to do that? Right. How is he going to find a way into doing this? I, I had not seen this movie since I was in high school. You did see it in high school? I saw it in high school when I was reading the book. When you read the book,
1: sure. Yeah. Uh, they taught that book at your school, right? Yep. Because my, my wife also read it in high yep. school. And I was like, this seems like a terrible book to read in I know. high school. Isn't, not, not even the content. It's just too hard. Like, would you, am I crazy? No, yeah. it's hard.
3: It I, is, I but I'll say guess, this: like, I've never had to read it for school. I read it mm. on my own wall in college.
1: Mm. College just feels right. I don't know. It's just like it's a fairly dense book, language-wise. I just maybe I'm underestimating I, I look, high school. I or... agree.
0: It was absolutely. I was such a uh, uh, skim the book, do bare minimum, watch the movie, right. avoid it at all costs, which kind isn't of really going to help you with this one. No, perfectly. Yeah. but Lolita was one of the few examples where I was like, page one, I was like, this thing's fucking well written. And I just burned through that thing. It was like one of my absolute favorite books. I was assigned in high school and the only ones I not only read, but read like thoroughly and passionately. Mm. And then was like, and now I get to watch the movie as a bonus. Sure. And, and it's my Kubrick like film. Kubrick, right? I watched the movie and I was like, this sucks. This is not what I like about the book. Hadn't seen it since. Had always been looking to revisit it. And uh, revisiting it uh, very recently for this show, it is, it, it just hit me almost immediately. Now having the context I didn't have as a high schooler of like, They not only made a movie out of Lolita, they made it during The Hayes Code.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And not Dorothy. No.
2: Dorothy Hayes. Dorothy Hayes. Character's Mm -hmm. name. What's the Hayes Code? We'll get it's into like it.
0: Pre
1: MPAA, like it wasn't like your movie got a rating; it just had to pass this sort of like
0: censorship board. But it I'm wasn't. A, yeah. Right, there was no ratings. There was just a list of things you just could yes not no. do in movies right. under any circumstances. Wow! And okay. if you got a no, you didn't get to you know like you had you couldn't to get exist. Yes, yeah. right. right. just, just couldn't is... be then released. Or but it, but yeah, exactly. Like, not in any. Not in any you're, you're being checked way. Yeah. to that code at every stage of development at script, shooting, editing. And, it's and like, so that tagline to... is
3: like, can you believe we got it through the code?
0: Right. Oh. You know? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, this is a, t- a simpler time. That's right. You may have... Social mores. Maybe not, but maybe the, the, the expression
1: of pre-code movie, movies from like the early 30s, especially where they're actually raunchier in a lot of ways yeah. right. than later because the code didn't exist yet. And they were kind of like, can we do it? That's so the, we're the thing. Plan- like, there are like silent films with nudity.
0: And there are like early '30s gangster films that are much more hard-edged, and a, then there's this thirty-year period, here. fucking horny. Well, yeah, yes, like th- yeah. shit, like Design for living, yeah. where you're like, this is Woo. the most still Woo. sexually impressive thing. Fran? No, oh, oh, Fran, you would fucking Design love. for living, Design yes. for living, great movie. Yes. Okay, yes, um, um, but, but but then the there's the this thirty-year period where like all of Hollywood is like, how do we like talk around these things?
1: And it's not just. Sex and, but like, it's like crime must pay, you know, right? right? You can't have someone who bad
0: guys can't win gets
1: away with it, right? He's got to go to jail or die or whatever. Right. It's not just
0: Wait, about that, what, so that's, who made it's, those, it's a morality. Qu- this that's guy named so Hayes
1: weird. He was like, who he was like a fucking decisions? archbishop or some shit? <laughs> archbishop, he was like the archbishop. <laughs> His name was Will Hayes. He was the president of the MPAA. I, he was just a politician. He, okay. he, he was like, I think he was the postmaster general at some point. Like,
2: it's just like. But was uh, it always like he ran the Think of MP. the children, or he was,
1: was it really
2: more like morality?
1: Well, well it's yes, the 30s. Thir- like, yes, you know, it's yes. the 30s is when it starts. At the same time, it's like, you know, all kinds of other sort of morality, post-master public postmaster
3: general to this?
1: Well, let's see. Let or me, the let... other
3: way around. That's sort no, of a No, you know jump. what? No, he
1: was postmaster general uh, from 1921 to 1922 in the Harding administration. Okay. And yes, he resigned from the cabinet to become the first chairman of the MPAA. Wow. Now, That's he didn't a institute the Hayes Code for 10 plus
3: Bizarre jump. No, ben, well, you know ben, you what? Post yeah. movies. There's a are movie called movie? The Post. Sure. I yeah. hope
0: Louis DeJoy becomes the next head of the MPAA, yeah, and yeah. he's just like, we can't afford it. Um, no more movies. No more movies. <laughs> Things are expensive. No more rate. You, you think every movie gets a rating for free? Got to draw the R every time. <laughs> <laughs> it takes, it takes a don't while. Don't come cheap. Uh, ben, I I do think it was less about think the children, and more about like society is collapsing. Right. Right. How do it was we, like, how we, do we need we to create things. standards in society. We need to control storytelling. Right, and it's just like, like, alcohol is bad. Jazz music is bad. You know, like all these things. Yeah. We're just like, the fucking, the, the ruined 20s, the 30s, things have gotten too loose. We gotta fucking yeah. pull it back. Art,
3: art should show you how to live. Right. And this, and
1: this is a very famous poster depicting everything you can't do in the Hays Code. Okay. So you want me to read you the Ten Commandments? Yes, please. Thou shalt not show the law defeated. Show the inside of a thigh. (laughs) Lace lingerie? No. Dead man? No, I don't really know what that means. Narcotics, drinking, exposed bosom, gambling, pointing a gun, or showing a Tommy gun at all. I think eventually some of
4: this stuff softened, obviously. Yeah, no,
2: I mean, it's of the time, right? Tommy guns aren't as much of a thing these days. It
1: It would be funny if, like, right now... There was a Tommy gun in like
0: a Disney movie, and they're like, it's getting an R. I don't care. Yeah. No one even used it, but <laughs> <laughs> can't show Tommy guns. You can't show Tommy guns. Um, um, yeah, it's the Hayes. Yeah, anyway. No, it's, a, it's a weird list, And it was like, that's why late this, the Hayes Code is finally uh, defeated only a couple years after this film. It's technically 68, but yeah, it's basically the And, and diminishing then it's like New Hollywood. That's the why there's such a revolution. Yeah. Finally, they had titties again. Like sixty nine, you're allowed to start talking about 69ing again. Um, but this Friend movie is like, like Kubrick I'm himself, okay. and this is a I mini mean, series on the films of Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, it's called Pod's Wide Cast. Mm. Our guest today is Blockbuster Fran Hoffner. That's me, Blockbuster Zone. Uh, Kubrick always said if he knew how difficult it was going to be to make this movie under the Hays Code, he wouldn't have made it. Now, you'd think he's a smart guy. you think you could have guessed. It's wild. I'm a man who's so technical and so obsessed with systems and shit like that. Right. He was just like, well, I thought I had a good strategy for how to do it. And then he got in there and found it was much more difficult and prohibitive than he thought.
3: This book is like a Moby, Moby Dick situation where I think people think they have the upper hand on it and they don't for Go whatever on. reason. Sort sure, Ahab, of Ahab metaphor of like, you know. I haven't pre-thought this out. I'm just coming in with yeah, sort of so whatever right like, I know the top I know how head. to tackle
1: this and it's like no the book is beyond your, you know, your flimsy imagination have, of how Have to, you, like yeah. how have you to watched the Atrium
0: line version?
3: No.
1: I saw it, you know, 20 years ago. Like yeah. I so I I have no memory, but I thought about rewatching it just Me too. Uh, as yeah. context. It's fucking long. It's long. <laughs> it's just it's long. And I, this movie's long too. I know. Like, you know no, really I watched
0: wrong. like half of it last night. Yeah. And it do, it just I was just like, I'm too skeeved out by this. Sure. Is it, it's
1: skeevier, yeah. I mean yeah. I remember just like it was one of those like classic sleepover rental things where we were like teenagers and we were like, Oh my god, this right. is gonna be fuck and it wasn't it was like me and a bunch of girls is what well, like yeah and then it was like twenty minutes in and we were like it's boring. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, we were teenagers. We were not. Yeah. It's sort
3: of just an unadaptable book.
1: Yes, absolutely. In a way
3: that I think a lot of okay. Nabokov is unadaptable. It's, but like, not
1: only is it unadaptable, I think, and I agree like, but you two pages into this book, I would just be like, oh, how would I do this? Sure. Forget it. Like, no, it's, it's, it's so. It's, it's plainly unadaptable.
0: Yes.
3: It's so voicey and yes. the prose is so rich and dense that that is never going to be something that succeeds on the big screen. So no. all you can take is the premise. Right. And that premise is tough. The premise is tough. It's and something then...
0: you don't want to have to actually witness. And, and not only that, it's very hard to put people in the situations to enact it.
1: But I don't, I, no, but it's also just like, it's boring. Like, you know, a lot, I mean, like, just like literally like putting shit on screen. Like a lot of it is just them having
0: these, like, sort of charged conversations. The events of the book are not that interesting. What is interesting is the internal life of this guy.
3: Yeah, and that prose is riveting, which is sort of what they really can't figure out how to translate is, like, this was a real page-turner book for me. And this movie is kind of dramatically patchy, I guess. Absolutely.
0: Very saggy at times. And and the Adrian Lyne version does the voiceover, and it, like, lifts as much of the language as possible, which feels like... The smart move to do if you're trying to do the anti-Kubrick Lolita like 30 years later. Yeah. But the second you have Jeremy Irons in full like broken skis ball like Jeremy Irons I'm in Dead Ringer's Reversal of Fortune. I love playing these cursed men and butterfly roles. The second you have him reciting that dialogue you're just like this is unbearably sad. This is just the most Mm. pathetic broken man in the world. I don't want to live with this guy. Which you know. know, Mason does kind of get there at the end.
3: And I think the point of view of this movie hates this guy enough for it to kind of work where he's both tragic and funny.
0: Right. It's so weird because it's like, to some degree, he's kind of like a comic fool. To another degree, he's so much more sort of like charming and sophisticated than the character ever reads in the book. But in other ways, he's so much more pathetic and skeevy it's so, than the character. Oh, reads oh in so
3: the a book. guy in academia? Just kidding. Hey, um, hey yes, just, yes, but yes. Like,
1: yes. J- the latter half, like where he's like bickering with her, you just—that's where it's you're like you're just like oh god, he's so pathetic. Like that's where you're really, I'm really losing interest in yeah the. Action on screen.
3: Yeah, like, once it's I'm sort just of like, I can't deal with this. Pivots guy anymore. from like, are they going to get away with it to right. like, can he even make this work? Right. It's sort of and like, like well, why don't this? want no. him to make it work? So, right.
1: and, and exactly. And it's like, beyond any moral, it's like she's a teenager. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Like, she's going to have teenaged things she wants to do. Like, when he's arguing with her about like doing the play and all that, I'm just sort of like, the fuck do you, you think she just wants to hang out with you? <laughs> the, the, the other weird thing about this movie.
2: <laughs> what is he a professor of again? French, liter- French literature.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't want to talk about Flaubert with this guy for yeah. a couple hours Not and that have a glass of wine, go to bed. No. When, no? But then he is James Mason. So sometimes you are like, look, I mean, he's James Mason. I'm charmed. Or I'm at
0: least, uh, you know, right. I'm interested. Like he's, he's interesting to I f- watch. I feel like talk. this is the thing that I, I feel like I will hear actors say this a lot. When they sort of, people who love James Mason are obsessed with him as a movie star. He's a great movie star. Will say like, and the fucking courage to do that role at that time, at that point in his career. Like that's the thing that separates him from the other movie stars. Yeah. Is that like, that on paper should be the most ruinous thing to do. Where if you do it well, you're going to get tagged with it forever. And if you do it poorly, it's embarrassing. And he's actually weaponizing his own screen persona He's not trying to create some new character to fit into this project. It is kind of incredible he makes it out of this movie like alive.
3: Oh, totally. You know? He might give the best. I mean, I don't think there's really a single weak performance in it. Yeah. I think there's good performances and weird performances. No, I like all four
0: performances. I think they're all interesting. Yeah. yeah, But okay. they all have such different effects on the movie. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, mean, we're just going straight into the meat of this thing because I, I don't know how else we talk about it. But it's another weird thing about like the exact moment in time this movie was made that I don't think is as much of a thing if this film is made five years later is, you know, the character in the book is 14 or 12. 12. And she's aged up in this to... 14. Right. Mm-hmm. And Sue Lyon at the time is 16? No. She's, she's 14. 14. She's 14. This is okay. So this is the whole thing. Yeah. I know that she's actually young in this movie. Yes. I even thought she was two years older than she was. Right. Watching this, it feels like a twenty-five-year-old playing a teenager. It's, she, she she does read old, there's no I question. But I think that's so much the child acting style right of that moment. Sure. Right. Where she's like giving like a Haley Mills performance, where it's like. There are no naturalistic child performances of this. She's got a lot of poise or whatever. I don't know. Like an Andy Hardy movie or whatever.
3: Child performers at that time, I think, are either pitched up or pitched down, but they're not playing right to like sort of the the Elsie Fisher eighth grade kind of thing where you're like, oh, this is genuinely what a 13 year old is. If this movie is
0: made five years later, you have someone giving like a Jodie Foster esque performance.
3: Right, right, right. But at
0: this moment, you have someone giving like an Andy Hardy, like, live-action Disney movie-style performance in a provocative film, where I'm just the whole time, like, I know this is actually a child, and somehow it feels like an adult playing a kid on a teen show. Which lends such an odd air to the thing. I
1: guess. I don't know. I mean, my whole thing is, with the book, which I read years ago, Mm. and I reread for this podcast. You did. I did.
3: You you told me not to do that. Well, I didn't want to stress you out. Oh, I see. I,
1: I just said, like, you don't, you don't have to do it. because you said, oh. oh, maybe I'll reread. And I was just, I really to wanted
3: be like, oh, to reread. Relax, but you know. yeah. okay. Um, if I had known now, it's I'm actually like, I guess I would have
0: forbade her from rereading. She wanted to do it. And France <laughs> her own woman. David Through doesn't like me when ocean. I'm reading, you no, know. hates you. You start getting ideas. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because my memory of this book was like, they go on a road trip and then it ends. But it is sort of like, yeah, they go on a road trip and then it kind of just ends. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is the book.
3: It's not heavily plotted, which is maybe no. why. Well, he-
1: but, I mean, and Kubrick says this, and I'll read some quote from him later. But like, you know, the first chunk of the book is you being like, is, he, is this just going to be about him being obsessed with someone from afar or is right. there going to be movement? Mm-hmm. And then there's suddenly movement, right? right. She died, you know, all that happens very quickly. And you're like, holy shit. And then the road trip part is sort of like, you know, there's
0: some suspense to that, obviously. And there's all the stuff with the hotel that is not really, you know, all, all the hotel visits. But it's why he moved the Quilty Killing up to the top of the movie is he's like, otherwise the balloon is deflated and then something shocking happens at the end. Right. If I have a sense of inevitability hanging I think, over. I think
1: the right decision. Yeah. I, I, or I understand the decision from the film
0: perspective, 100%. But then, like you say, and then it's just kind of like, okay. It also then makes it so much of a quilty movie, Well. which we'll then the performances it. only intensify. But you're like yeah. the whole movie is about like who the fuck is this guy? Whereas in the book, that's less of a thing. Like
3: that guy is not that weird. No, no. and and it takes just a kind very of a long
1: time for you to really clock like oh, there you know this there is a person he's he should be worried about. Right. Yeah. It's much more abstract. He is always looking over his shoulder and like wait who's this and like you know but like. Obviously, it's not like, and then I talk to a guy with weird glasses. You know, like, it, it's is not movie, exaggerated. Is this movie, he's, like, the
0: thing? Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, like, there has to be something. It's, I mean, like, what the no, fuck? No, I'm saying he's, like, the thing. Like, John Carpenter's the thing. Like, he's this, oh, like, shapeshift oh, yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, What is disturbing the ecosystem here? Um, what is the threat oh, I can not identify?
1: I reread, but I reread the book, and I was, again, just astonished. Right, like, it is, the whole experience of it is you being in his head, and his just, like, layers of sort of, self-aggrandizement and justification and patheticness and like it's just so fascinating to read and it's so yeah. beautifully written and i just again was reading it and i was like yeah no wonder this movie doesn't totally work like how the right. fuck do you put any this is this is literally just james mason darting
0: his eyes around is how you dramatize not that, only that but i don't know like, like how, right. how do you do that not not only that but like the whole origin of this book is Nabokov being like i'm so fucking good at writing everyone tells me my prose is untouchable let me give myself a real challenge what's like the hardest protagonist to make relatable in any way? Oh, I'll write a book about a pedophile. Like that was his whole thing was, here's like the most sort of monstrous archetype in our society. Mm. And I'm going to try to write a book inside of this guy's head that at least makes you see the world through his eyes and understand him, if not like him. Sure. Which he succeeds in doing pretty much by the virtue of being better at prose than anyone. He's pretty good, yeah. But you're like, oh, the thing that sells that is his command of language. And the second you try to move that into a different medium, you're like, well, then how do you fucking do this? I would agree with that. Fran, do you have book thoughts that you want to? I know I forbade
1: you from reading the book and I, I eternal sunshined you so you don't, have, you don't remember the book. You also burned
0: every copy of it. I did. I got it out of here.
3: <laughs> no, I was looking up Alina. if there have been other adaptations of different Nabokov works. That I know of, and I don't think there have been. Really? I've only otherwise read Ben Sinister and Panin, which are the books that happen on either side of Lolita, and I think are also quite obsessed with academia and men in academia. But Ben Sinister is this nasty, mean-spirited, like, political satire that I have to say I really loathed reading. And then Panin is just sort of maybe one of the nicest books of all time about an academic who's just having a wonderful life. Right. And it's just ep- episodic and nice. And it's funny that this comes in between those, but that no one even would try to go for what he's doing outside of this because it's either too esoteric because general populace does yeah. not care about the lives of academics, nor should they. Right. Or it's like just nothing happens. Right. Right. They're just, pr- they're just prose exercises. There's right.
1: that movie, The Lusian Defense, which I've never seen. Oh. With John Turturro and Emily Watson. That is based on Weird. a book by Vlad himself
0: okay. that I have read and liked. I never saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I heard it was boring. Yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys who it just feels very difficult to adapt because it really is about the language. And it's like if you lay out what's happening in the book, there aren't really the bones of uh, a, a dramatic story there the illusion defense is also about chess which is hard to dramatize until of course ani taylor joy came along yeah sure chess queen um Mm that's a a dumb griffin brains analogy right here we go but there's that period where stan lee was just like everything i'm fucking putting out to hit every time i have to create a new character i'm gonna fucking challenge myself to create the least appealing character possible where Uh, like iron man was like a dare to himself Mm. Where he was like, all the kids reading my books are, like, uh, uh, hippies. Like, peace-loving liberal hippies who are into, like, hallucinogenics and shit. I'm going to write, like, a comic book about a, like, capitalist war profiteer. I'm going to make them fucking like this guy. Um and Lolita was, like, that stage of Nabokov's career where he was just like, fuck it, I'm coming for you. I can yeah. fucking, I can win over the audience on anything.
3: I mean, that's a cool artistic challenge for anyone regardless of medium. Right. I just think that it gets tricky in adaptation because then you're not the person who came up with this challenge. Of course. Therefore, you'll never have the inner workings of, like, why that challenge does or doesn't
0: well, work. And the reason I bring up my analogy is that, like, Over time, he found like, oh, I was wrong. People actually just like Iron Man as a power fantasy.
3: Sure, yeah. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. sell
0: them on this guy and his inner turmoil. They were just like, it'd be cool to have all the money and a robot suit. And then you get to a world where like Iron Man just rules our pop culture because everyone wishes they could just fucking be Iron Man. But you can't do that with Humbert Humbert. No. You can't just be like, let's just give in to the fucking power fantasy. We all obviously want to be Humbert Humbert. <laughs> That's a silly name he's got. It's the same name twice. It's one of the silliest
1: what? names.
3: What's going on there? What's his name?
1: My name is Mr. Humbert, and I have a kid.
3: Humbert. I'm like,
1: well, we can't call him Humbert, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> let's, let's immediately cross one name You're off the right. list. <laughs> <laughs> let's just... <laughs>
3: It feels like that meme image of that woman crossing off the names on the chalkboard. Oh, board. Ash,
1: Ashlyn and Kaylee, K- 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 when it's all yeah, spelled yeah, like yeah. it's a, yes Yeah, But then the
3: last I, one is Humbert.
1: Have you seen that?
3: No. Meme. Sort I'm going to find it for you. Old okay. meme. Classic
1: meme. Yeah. Remember how good the chess show was? Sorry,
0: I let it go. Uh, uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. I
3: never Queen? watched it. Queen's Gambit, and I think you and I would agree on this, and the Bear. Two, two great shows where not a lot of episodes. Right. Watched them all in two and a half days. Mm. Time of my life.
1: Those are two of my favorite TV shows of what I consider the current era the of TV. Me the too. Dog Me shit too. Sure. Right. You but know, I there think... was the golden age. Yeah. It ended. We're in the dog shit age. Meanwhile,
0: we were talking <laughs> right before record. Uh. Sir Ben, I was telling him about oh, yeah. he's season main cabins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, main cabin masters fucking rules. I, I, well, Ben's watching main be, cabin masters and I was talking about good late season eight episodes of Night Court. Yeah, you and Ben different. was like, how do you fucking have the time to watch all these old sitcoms and keep up? And I was like, the answer is I don't keep up. Yeah, you've never, never watched you've Queen's never Gambit, never watched an episode of The Bear. Oh, that's fun. It's funny. Yeah, it's a good meme. Yeah, yeah I just, I just uh, if, if there's discourse around a show, I'm like, maybe I'll watch that in 10 years when no one's arguing over it.
3: She's also, like, barely pregnant. It's such a weird photo. Oh, it's so funny. What's the backstory
1: on this? She posted this being like, I selected my baby name, and she had written four unintelligible names and <laughs> selected
3: a fifth one. So they're Taylee,
0: McCarty.
3: Navy. Navy, Lee,
0: and then she ended up at Lackland. It's just one of those classic... I think Lacken. But just one of those things, she's just like... You know, we all think we want to call our kid McCarty. Too obvious.
1: <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, we're like what, what? What are right. you talking
0: about? Right, because <laughs> then she'll be like McCarty-O in her class.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Two There'll McCartys. there four of them in the yeah. fucking daycare. Every, you know the teachers will be mccarty and yeah and a bunch of kids will swarm her <laughs> were there other davids in your class did you have to be a david s
1: only in the second grade yeah. i it was i david s there was one other david david was not a very popular name when i was a kid i think yeah. it's maybe had a bit of a rebound well because of the show
0: there was never another Griffin. different <laughs> that but the, would be funny.
1: <laughs> baby nameless came out david griffin and ben are the top three boy names the hell? Fran's number one Producer. on the ground. Producer oh. is one of the top names right now. <laughs>
0: ben Ducer. <Yeah>. Poet, <laughs> Poet Laureate. That's not a name. <laughs> no, it was like post-Twilight when like Jacob and Edward were the top two names for three years. Sure.
2: Can someone make a meme of me in front of the chalkboard and then there's like all my nicknames, <laughs> that, please? Someone yeah. do that, please. Yeah, Thank please
3: do you. That. Lolita. Lolita. Is a
1: 1955 novel written by Russian-American novelist Vladimir Nabokov. Mm-hmm. Nabokov, Nabokov,
3: Nabokov, Nabokov. I Nabokov. Think. Bad. I'm Russian. pretty sure I was corrected by someone who's who's read the sweep of them. So Nabokov. Nob- Nabokov, Nabokov, okay. Nabokov. Nabokov. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything. It's that middle syllable that gets the punch, but you can do whatever you want with it. You know.
1: It was one of those classic books that came out, and everyone decided it was totally good and fine. Mm-hmm. What year did, did it come well. out, 1955.
0: Okay. No one no. ever
1: thought about it. Uh, it came out. It was it was turned down by almost every major publisher. Uh-huh. Right. Was published in France first. Yeah, classic by
0: you know whatever.
3: Hell surprise, as they say. <laughs> exactly. Over there. Much like
0: this episode turned down by almost every potential guest before Fran came in for the save.
3: I'm 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 one of the braver people. Truly, to, to it wasn't a thing a where podcast. people were like.
0: It wasn't like David Nevin,
1: for example, where it's like you can't be in them. We will talk about the you know the people, you know, Olivier, the people who turned down. Right. The, mm-hmm. It was more just people being like, "Well, I'd rather not." It's right. Like you know. Anyway. No, they're afraid. Uh, they're the cowards. Af- they're it afraid. Was, I'm brave. It was pu- you are brave. Um, you're in your brave era. I'm
3: in my brave era. Yeah.
1: We we talk about France brave era all the time. That means she's watching horror movies.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. I've started watching watching horror movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it was published in France by Olympia Press, most mm-hmm. uh, a publisher mostly of, quote unquote, pornographic trash. Okay. Um, and it had this reputation almost immediately. Graham Greene immediately called it one of the best books of the year. It got, like, early raves. Oh, you don't like Graham?
3: No, I have no. no I think that's a, a crazy shot to shoot. Exactly. And he shot it. You shot it? Yeah. He was in his brave air. Yeah, I mean, truly.
1: And then it, it was the classic thing of not only was it literarily well regarded quickly, mm-hmm. but because it was so controversial... That
0: only fueled interest.
1: Like, you have to read it to have an people opinion. People were banning it and people are like running to, you know, get
0: remember, ahead of every ban. Remember that period where if something was controversial, people would actually take the time to read it before having an opinion?
1: Well, I don't know if that's true. I think a lot of people were not reading Lolita. Okay. Because that was enough. the whole thing. Sure.
0: It's not a particularly prurient, prurient
1: book in its content. It's no. all... The idea. There's nothing explicit really described in the book. It's, you know, it's, it's not a...
3: Well, I was going to say, textbook. I have the opposite reaction to hearing something like that where when I hear something's the best book of the year, I'm like, who cares? Sure. Who cares? I wanna some, want to read something that someone was a little more equivocal on because that's maybe more compelling. But that's oh, sure. something that I think is legitimately a great book got that kind of early praise that I think that's it's worthy of is yeah. like, oh, okay. Especially
0: because it was uh, uh, edgy position for someone to stake their credibility on.
3: Totally. Right. yeah.
1: There's so much that's been written and said about the book. The movies as well, but especially the book. Mm-hmm. And I do recommend Jamie Loftus's recent podcast about it. There's a lot of other yes. stuff like that. You can dig into that. It's too much. It's too much. I'm not going to give you all the context on the book. I will tell you about Stanley Kubrick, though.
0: Please. He covered tw- some of this in our Spartacus episode because right. he was really, this was his obsession for about five years. Um,
1: but also he was long working during that sort of era on One-Eyed Jax, which is the movie that Marlon Brando, a Western that Marlon Brando eventually just directed himself. Uh, And he exits One-Eyed Jax and announces, because he must exit in a statement, Mm -hmm. because Mr. Brando, et cetera, know that I want to commence work on Lolita. Um, And... Whether or not that's true Like I think they also exited Just because him true. and Brando had a lot of clashes But you know that was it He
0: announced like I'm leaving to do Lolita He's also got this five picture deal With Kirk Douglas Two movies what End you- up getting done before Kirk Douglas releases him Right And it's largely because Kirk Douglas is like I don't want anything to do with this movie Right I don't want to do I'm not going to play Humber I don't want to produce it mm. God be with you But like I'm not getting near this thing
1: Um, this is all happening in 1958. That's when he quits One-Eyed Jackson. That's when Lolita becomes a bestseller in America. Mm -hmm. It reaches our shores, and unlike in Britain where it was banned, it just becomes a big hit. Sure. Swifty Lazar, a famed old Hollywood manager agent type, right? One of the greatest names in history. Pretty cool name. Uh, owned the screen rights. And basically says, You're gonna have to give me 150 grand even to start work on this movie. Like okay. he, he's charging an entry fee. Yeah. Uh, they work out some kind of a deal with him, um, blah, 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 blah. And this uh, is sort
0: of Harris raising the money for Kubrick?
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, and Harris, who's the producer, obviously, James Harris, um, has to sell his rights to the killing, I think, back to United Artists oh, wow. to get the money to buy the rights to Lolita from Lazar. Wow. So he really is like putting his ass on the line. Yeah. Kubrick says, it's one of the great love stories of Lolita. Here, I'm going to give you some quotes. He points to a Lionel Trilling piece that called it the great, first great love story of the 20th century using his, as his criteria the total shock and engagement with the lovers which the lovers in all great love stories of the past have produced on the people around them. Uh, if you consider Romeo and Juliet, Anna Karenina, Madame Bovary, uh, the Red and the Black, they all had one thing in common, the element of the illicit, or at least what was considered illicit at the time, and in each case, it caused their complete alienation from society. By the 20th century, it's, in, it's difficult to... He's saying, like, there's nothing that's illicit anymore, right? Uh, sure. So he says, like, Lolita succeeds in this classic tradition by, you know, being so shocking. Yeah. And Nabokov is brilliant in withholding any, any indication of the author's approval of the relationship. I, I, I'm reading this just because I think you need this context. I do think it's interesting how he articulates it. I may, you know, confuse people as well. I don't know. But uh-huh. I should read this, right? Yeah, it's, yes, it's
0: yes, yes, yes. Kind of, oh, kind yeah. of I of love this
1: line at the end that he says. Yeah. It isn't until the very end when Humbert sees her again four years later and she's no longer by any stretch of the definition and quote-unquote nymph it. That the really genuine and selfless love he has for her is revealed. Which is true in a way. Like, that is what's yeah. so sort of crazy about the ending. Is you're like, oh, he's beyond whatever initial obsession we understand here. But it's also so sad and pathetic and depressing. When he's, like, giving that speech at the end. Yeah. But, that's, but Kubrick is very compelled by this.
0: Sure. Yeah. But I also, I, I mean... This gets to maybe some of my core issues with the movie where Mm -hmm. I I feel like a lot of that oversimplifies the dynamics of what's going on in this book, which I think are very often like four or five things going on in different directions at the same time. Right. And Kubrick seems to keep on just picking one and drawing Um, very straight lines. I would agree with that because this is being called a comedy. That's, I mean, it's almost like he's forced to make it a comedy because you can't make it anything else. The seller's stuff is outright comedic. Yeah,
3: I think it really has to be funny because if you think too hard about what is going on, it's too sad and too horrible. Right. And, and you're sort not of also be my able, note with
0: old. You're not going to be able to really talk about anything. I mean that that's the other thing. So you, Fran, you brought your big lolly. You went to see this movie at film form.
3: <laughs> yeah, I brought my giant lollipop <laughs> to film form. Anyone
0: wants to know what that's in reference to? Just Google Fran Hoffner lollipop. Yeah, oh, no. I so guess we're going to talk about the lolly a lot
3: more. Yeah, we sure. can talk You've about the lolly. the lolly. I brought my lollipop. Up. I ate the lollipop maybe for the first forty 40, 45 minutes, and then I got sick of it. And for those who don't know, and I
0: once again implore you: uh, look up the article, look up the photo. But Fran's talking about a classic, giant, skull-shaped, sized, not skull-shaped, but skull-sized, giant, swirly pinwheel lolly.
3: Yeah, that I sort of in bad faith pitched to work that I was going to eat one and write about it, and then they were like, you should do that.
0: Your take was this is sort of seen as the ultimate candy.
3: And no one eats them. Who actually
0: has ever gotten a giant lolly?
3: Yeah, and then there's some, you know, some stipulations were put into place that kind of like, as a as a health class taking care of a fake baby, sure. I also could just not go anywhere in public without the lollipop. I didn't have to be eating it, but I always had to have it on my person. Yes. And because the lollipop is so big, it's not a lollipop that could just be put in my mouth and left there. I had to hold it. Right. <laughs> so it was easiest to do when I was not doing anything, e.g. watching a movie. Yes. Great opportunity to just put some time in on the lollipop, which right. is what I did for the first chunk of, Lolita.
0: Yeah. Wow. A two and a half hour movie. A but- two and
3: a half hour movie. First 45 minutes. Laughter with my friends and peers and loved ones around me. Mm-hmm. In part because Lollipop at that point in time, though nearing its end, too big still to fit in my mouth. Kind of just glommed onto it. Uh, <laughs> just a horrible experience. Yeah. Humiliating. Non-sexual.
0: Someone's at the door. Man, I think there's an ad read coming. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I better check. I, I saw this at Film Forum as well. I we went to different screens on different days. The Film Forum at the time we're recording this has been doing this 63, 64, 65 series, 62. 63, 64 64 62, 64 because it's also with
3: Jewish Museum and right. film at Lincoln Center. Right. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, they played sure. *Strange Love*
0: as well the day after we recorded our episode, which was annoying. But it was nice that I got to see this on a big Screen. This is a good yes. one to be locked in the room. Right? Absolutely. And I look. I will say, like at the just time reporting one, one's attention wanders watching. Barry Lyndon's playing like a week from now in wow. the city, and Ben and I are going to see that. I'm so no better experience than seeing that movie on. I hate screen. watching these Kubrick movies at home. Yeah, for so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I I'm just excited anytime one of these screenings lines up where mm. I can like just get ahead of it, see in a theater, Get my full attention and then lock it in my brain. Well, I saw Kubrick, he did Mrs. Harris
1: Goes to Paris, right? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he came back for that one.
0: Um, (laughs) He rose from the grave. (laughs) He rose from the grave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's going to Paris in this economy. I mean,
3: that's an old book. He could have. It is an old book. He he
0: might. Maybe he read it. He might have have read read it and been
3: like past but the book is called like, oh, Mrs. Aris. Oh, yeah. God, now she's in
1: Paris, and it's, it's even more silly. Something. Isn't it?
3: It's apostrophe A. Called, I was gonna say it's it, Mrs.
0: Harris. Mrs.
1: Arry goes to Paris. Yeah, right. But right, she does right. so
3: much. She becomes like an MP or something. Oh, well, like their sequel. I'm not
0: gonna give it all away.
3: No, I just yeah. There's like five or six of them. Right.
0: Yeah. Franchise. Yeah. Franchise. Okay. I franchise. Franchise. Hello, she's Disney. Doing well. She's up to ten mil. The Is she?
1: Is she a ten mil? I That's pretty good. And I'm sure that movie's cleaning up. You know, in Britain, you know, those yeah. movies do.
0: I'm I'm saying 10 mil domestic. Britain, that's just great.
3: Britain's been number one for a month, you know. Yeah, uh,
0: Britain is it's it's the Top Gun Maverick. Right? You
3: haven't seen it? No, I
0: need you to. see it. So Wait, You know who's
3: so handsome in it? What
0: the know, fuck is the I know. matter I know. with I know. you? And I've seen some other bullshit. Exactly. Lately.
1: You know yes. who's
3: so hot in it? Who? Jason Isaacs. He is very hot. Fuck.
1: He's playing, like, a working-class bookie, too. He's like, oh, governor, oh, you don't oh, want to. action. It's
3: crazy. I love this era of Jason Isaac so much.
1: It is a good era of Jason Isaac. He's and okay. there's not really a bad era of Jason Isaac, but uh, it is a good era. What, um, why haven't you seen that? I don't know. I'm, I'm fucking up my life. You're texting me being like, I got to see a movie tonight, but
0: it's between... You know, a love song. And, and Minions like, Rise of <laughs>
1: Minions. <laughs> like, and I'm like, what's going on location
0: here? I stuff keeps on fucking me up. I feel like I'm also vaguely waiting to see Mrs. Harris with Rom, because that feels like such a Rom movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, she's not going to be
1: in forever. I know, <laughs> I know,
0: I know. I know, still playing. <laughs> the lying. clock
1: I'm, is ticking. I'm going to go see it this weekend. It's my to it's my run it. You right. haven't seen Bullet Train yet. No.
0: Well,
3: you, don't, Honey, don't, don't did, bother.
1: You did see League of Super Pets. I did. You've seen Nope.
0: I saw it in 40X. I saw it in Nope twice. You haven't seen Thor, Love, and Thunder? No.
3: you seen Nope in IMAX? Yeah. Worth. Rips. I got it. So good. I got do
0: like it. I mean, I saw it
1: at like, the AMC Empire IMAX, but I haven't seen it in the, like, the, the big old Lincoln
0: Center. One. Aspect ratio changes are big on that movie. Um. Cool. Yeah.
1: You've, have you seen you've seen top gun maverick has, has grew yeah. risen for you no you've yeah. never seen any of them i've never right? seen any of them did the
0: Crawdads sing for they you haven't i haven't i've yet to hear their song there's <laughs> they remain silent they remain silent
1: uh easter, i await their siren call you didn't go to easter sunday dinner no uh you've seen Elvis. i have you answered the black phone i did you went to <laughs> jurassic world's dominion i, I did know. yeah you refused to see vengeance on principle. Yes. Mrs. Harris, you've not gone to Paris. My most incident movie, of The summer. But you did strap on the shoes for Marcel. I did.
3: You know, the best part of Black Phone is when he's so sick of that Black Phone ringing and he's picking it up and he's going, What? Yeah. So funny.
0: More dead kids?
3: Yeah. Have you Another seen
0: one? Resurrection? No, I need Check to see. Check that out. You love Becca yeah. Hall. No, I know.
1: No, no. uh, Resurrection, uh, Mrs. Harris, top my list. And the director's a blankie of oh, Resurrection. Um, but uh, only last love song, what did you think of it?
0: Not a fan. Yeah. I mean. Look.
3: Am I brave enough for Resurrection? I'm yes. curious. Yeah. Okay. We're in a brave yeah. era.
0: It's mostly. Well, yeah, but what so are so... you brave enough for?
3: I don't know. Vengeance. That's a good question. Well, I'm not brave enough
1: for that. Yeah, I'm not brave enough yeah. for that one. What is that? It's the B.J. Novak Podcaster in Texas <laughs> movie. <laughs> no right, one's th- I mean, that's that a one. title
3: of a movie that could be about literally anything, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. funny
0: that that's what it's called. Uh, it should be called like Marcel the shells shoes on. Here's what I was gonna say. I've also been seeing a fair amount of rep screenings, like Lolita, to bring things back. Fair enough. I've been checking out rep screenings when I can. I okay. just try to get in there and see the shit. rep
3: stuff is great this summer. Yeah, there's a good say. rep. I saw so Heat summer. at IFC.
0: Oh, baby, Heat,
3: remember that movie? People
0: should see it. It's the 4K, you know,
1: restaurant. It's a way to escape the heat.
3: Uh, I yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Well, that it's was
3: up to
0: Nick Lachey. Wait, they
1: should re rename the- it. Air conditioning. This That's is, what, they should call this it is
3: what happened though at Film Forum, Forum Lolita, just to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. this is what I want to talk about. I got too cold.
1: Interesting. Uh, in well, the, the a. classic thing where you're not going to bring a
0: sweater. It's hot outside, but it was then you're in the so theater and it's hot that going. day, and I got yeah.
3: so cold. I got to so start
0: remembering. I, remember I pack, was curled up the thing, sweater into the bag. Uh, also, long ass movie. But this is what I was going to say. I don't know what your experience was like. Maybe that lolly was like messing with your nervous system. It definitely
3: I haven't recovered.
0: It's an arctic mint lolly too, right? Oh
3: God, I wish. Um
0: I don't know how much your uh, lolly changed the the sort of temperature of the theater. Not literally, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. the 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 uh, group psychology of the theater. But it's very interesting watching that movie in a room with other people now. Uh, I'm sure it was interesting to watch at the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, but it's like, especially now where I think we're living. Were people in a, laughing? Sometimes. Peter Sellers. Other times not. And other times going like, am I supposed to be laughing at this or not? Mm. Like it just you could feel like the weird tension and there were I could feel there are people who are just like Reverence, Kubrick, Masterpiece, obviously. And there are people who are looking at this like a cursed object and there are people who are just like, I don't fucking know what to make of this. And my experience watching the movie was I started to feel like I was hallucinating because the more the film starts having to do its sort of like haze Code runarounds to not say the thing that's happening, the more I started to see it as like, oh, this feels like the lobster. This feels like a movie with some weirdly agreed upon bizarre reality where you people just say insane things and nod to each other and then move on without explaining them.
3: That's a funny comparison to me. Like and, an, and an apt one, I think, too. That's
0: what it felt like to me. Yeah. You know, when I watched this when I was in high school and loved the book, I was just like, well, this doesn't get at what I like about the book. I find this movie boring and a slog. Mm. And this time, I found it, like, truly bizarre. Mm. Mm. And, and I think part yeah. of that is the weird tonal, like, how much of it is pitched as a comedy. Mm but then how much it's not even like subtext, it's sort of like they're, they're trying to circumvent the text of the thing. They're not burying it. They're like traffic cones that they're trying to weave between.
3: Yeah. It's just, you know, you think of like, there's, Humbert is kind of his own antagonist right. in this film, but once the film loses Shelley Winters, yes. the threat of sellers is really not that material.
1: Right, for quite a while.
3: For quite a, for both quite a while, and in general, he's too zany, he's, I think, to right. be perceived as like. And also,
0: you know, he's going to get shot,
3: and you know, right, and you already you know. know. It's ending. No, it just it starts to lose steam the second I agree. Shelley Winters is kind of out is out of the picture. I
0: think there's another problem, arguably. What's that? Which is, I don't know if this is just a modern perspective thing. I, like, haven't seen this movie since I was like 15. Forgotten most of how the movie plays out relative to the book, whatever. I'm watching it and going are all these guys supposed to be Quilty? Because I know Peter Sellers is playing all of them, but also, what does Peter Sellers do? Play four characters in a movie. Oh, sure, yeah. You know? Yeah. Where, like, when you get to, like, the cop scene is so bizarre, where you're, like, the tonal reality of this, where you're, like, why is he suddenly affecting a new persona, and the persona is so specific. Mm -hmm. It's so odd. And then when the next time he shows up, he's got, like, a fucking bald cap. And yeah. I'm like, so what, he's got Rick Baker, like fucking coming, giving him looks now. He's fucking going to Harvey Firestein, his 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 brother, to give him the fucking makeover. Now wait a second. I just
3: think this Claire Quilty character—that's <laughs> from
0: later in time—is
3: excuse me, as played by Firestein,
0: should be in this movie, and he should go like, "What it's do you the- need for me now, Claire? We're gonna make you a star." Sorry. Whoop.
3: He's supposed to be a TV writer or is he a movie writer or just a screenwriter? He's a, a, screen he's a he's playwright a, 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 who's sort
0: right. of cashed in on TV, I think.
3: He has big TV writer vibes, parentheses derogatory right. to I, me. Right, I think um, he was sort of like an edgy day.
0: playwright who crossed over into Right, right, TV. right, right. He's, he's getting the bag. But he's yeah. famous enough that he's like a cigarette spokesperson. Yeah, but you know, back then... Celebrities or whatever. It's also just odd relative to the book how much this movie makes him like an important cultural figure. Like this guy's so fucking just a whole thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sellers is so crazy. I was rewatching when he shows up in Get Back. Well, he had kind of a relationship with the Beatles in general, but that sequence of Get Back is so as unnerving as any time he shows up he's, in Lolita. Because he just Keith has- Sellers such- is
1: profoundly disturbing. Yes. No, I know. As much as I think he's so funny, like the idea of him in reality, you're like, God, was this because just the weirdest fucking guy? Like, he's, he's
2: handsome though in this. Yeah. No, he's handsome. Yeah. He's, he's a, a handsome like, guy. I, I like his smile. He's got a
1: he's
0: good
2: very smile. very handsome guy. Like an interesting, like, interesting the other, smile. I like mean, teeth
0: like that. Yeah. You like teeth like that. Mm, he likes Seller's teeth. The whole Seller's thing that he always said is like, there, there's no one mm. there.
3: But what's his famous quote where he's like— You see that in Get Back, where they're trying to, like, riff with him, and he's giving them nothing. He just, like,
0: doesn't exist other than him being able to affect characters. Yeah, if he's in character, then he can do something, right? And all his, like, wives and lovers and friends all said the same thing, where they were just like, there's nothing.
3: I think fully dissociating.
0: Yeah, yeah, bordering on, like, sociopathic, where it's like— Like, there's the line I'm forgetting, but there was kind of famously— I say famously because it's the fucking—of course, the anecdote that I'm going to lom onto. The most. Uh, but when he hosted the Muppet Show, he was like, the only thing I refused to do. Cause they'd always like have a guest host on. And they'd be like, Are you comfortable singing? Are you comfortable dancing? Do you want to do this? And he's like, the only thing I won't do is appear as myself. And the Muppet Show's whole structure was like backstage. Yeah. And then on stage they're doing routines. Yeah. And he was like, Backstage, I will be Inspector Clouse. <laughs> backstage, I will play other characters. And they're like, well, there's a segment where like Kermit talks to the guests as themselves. And he's like, that's not happening. I refuse to appear in like my neutral form because it doesn't exist. There's no one there. And watching the opening Claire Quilty scene, I do feel like, is this the closest he's ever come to playing quote unquote himself in a movie? Like there's something about the weird Claire Quilty who like doesn't know how to exist unless he's affecting another character.
3: Yeah, he's and- doing like a greatest hits of
0: himself. Right. Right, because the other scenes you're seeing him either be like unbearably uncomfortable or needing to hide in some other persona. And that opening scene, you're like, well, now he's just drunk and he's cycling through different bits right, and he's lines. A, he's and like voices. a malfunctioning robot at the end. Yeah. Right. And you're like, this guy's kinda hip and cool and handsome and terrifying. And like funny and sad at the same time.
1: Look, I got two things to say to you. Please. One, well, I'll continue the context in a second. Two. Ethan Cohen has cast Margaret Qualley and Geraldine Viswanathan in his new movie.
0: Oh. What's the movie?
1: I it's love like her. a lesbian road trip comedy set in the 90s that he co-wrote with his wife. Ethan Cohen. Wow.
3: Just telling you. I love Geraldine.
0: Me too. That's why I'm excited. She's love her. so good. It is so weird that they split up. Yep. Joel is like, well, I'm going to do uh, Macbeth because, of course, I couldn't write something new without my brother. Hmm. He didn't quite put it that way. He was like, I feel, I don't know what I would do. Let like me. D- a,
3: it was like a Francis project, though. That was part of yeah. it. Yeah. That's how they pitched it. Like, All York their Film
0: collaborators Fest. were like, Ethan just doesn't want to do movies anymore. He's interested in plays, he's interested in writing fiction. Yeah. He doesn't want to do movies. <laughs> and someday he'll come back to Joel. And now it's like, oh, Ethan finally making movies on his own? Fuck. It's a, you know, we were just talking about a lot, a lot of two friends, not friends anymore. What can we I We are saying you? in podcasting, most people podcasting. actually hate each other and we're right. still friends. But the Fairleys broken up. Yeah.
3: The Fairleys broke broken up.
0: Yep. Sure. Ah. Each of the Fairleys have their own movie coming out this year. True. No. Uh, no, Tarzky's, Fairleys, Cohen's, Hughes's have been broken up for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's another one.
3: There's a fifth. Are the Nolans okay?
0: Well, they they've always sort of done. They their sort own of thing.
3: ebb and flow. I think they're yeah. okay, but they're I don't fine. Know though. I think they're okay.
0: Are they okay? How are
3: the yeah. Dardennes? Just kidding. They're still they're yeah. still, they're still together. They're pulling down the fort. It's funny that they're brothers. Yeah, I guess right. So. Sure. And that they make those movies. <laughs>
1: really funny. <laughs> <laughs> those and those movies are funny. They're funny. <laughs> those movies are always all laugh riots.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, that's what's funny about them being brothers. I think is yeah. them making the most sort of grim shit of all time. Being like, and I'm doing it with my brother. Yeah.
0: Right. And then turn to each other and being like, "We, we, yeah. uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, uh,
1: steals a baby. Good. Yeah. Okay. Harrison Kubrick. Speaking of the, all the adaptation stuff that you were sure. talking about, they ask Nabokov himself to write the screenplay. Nabokov mm-hmm. himself. Uh, they give him seventy five grand.
0: Oh, boy. It's not, I'll take nothing. it. Nice work if you can get it.
1: Exactly. Uh, and he is, of course, the sole credited screenwriter. But mm-hmm. they barely used his script. Right. Oh. Uh, they basically rewrote it on set, and even we're sort of like, don't even tell him what
0: and we're doing. And trying to just transcribe the book.
1: Right. Yes, I believe the script he uh, submitted was 400 pages long, right.
0: which is too long. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Famously
0: in Hollywood, it's a minute a minute a page, and you that's too is, many minutes. What's insane about that is it sounds like he just kind of like reformatted the book.
3: But he couldn't, like, this is an error where you not just copy-paste
0: it. Right. Look, I mean, he like did eventually. Yeah, that. but
3: if, you know, if you got $75,000 to retype your book in Courier, right, you'd, you'd pay you, someone else $5,000 to do that.
1: Yeah. you do hey, the the book. Book. I mean, I do believe he did finally submit a shorter draft. It's not
0: like he literally sure. was just like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Catch. Right. <laughs> so fast, Jimmy.
3: The <laughs> shorter draft
0: is still, like. <laughs> probably too long. Every
3: script now that they talk about, though, and, like, do the trades, they're like, well. First draft was 350 pages. They love to say that.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, as Kubrick says, oh no, sorry, Harris says this, uh, you know, we weren't satisfied with the script. It was too long. Mm-hmm. We shut ourselves in a room for a month and rewrote it scene by scene. Uh, and then, you know, Sellers comes in and he's improvising on set. Right. And so a lot of that is just Sellers, which yeah. is going to be the same with Strange Love. Right. That Kubrick's like, Good, good. Yes, we'll integrate all of this or whatever. But you the, know. the
0: retro writing, where he would like take Sellers' right. improvs and, and then pick the, the right screenplay. ones and go like, that's now part of the script.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Nabokov says about twenty percent of his screenplay is on screen, but he is the only credited screenwriter, and he Correct. did get an Oscar nomination. The film's only right. Oscar wow. nomination. Yeah.
0: I always think Suline got the nomination, but she only got the Golden Globe.
1: Yes, the film got lots of Golden Globe nominations. Right. Uh, it got nominated for James Mason, Shelley Winters, Peter Sellers, Best Director, and Sue Lyon got the Most Promising Newcomer Mm. nomination.
0: And And she won. She won that. Right, The Oscar, excuse me, giving the only Oscar nomination for the screenplay, even if it is nominating Nabokov. Right, which is probably why they did it. Wild, because the performances of this movie are good, and most of its issues exist on the scripting stage. I will say I that say. it is an absolutely stacked, one of
1: the most incredibly stacked best actor lineups I've ever seen.
0: I'm more than am supporting like, I'm
1: not su- but yes. Yeah,
0: supporting, yeah. No, I mean, not bad. Okay, give me, give me the four acting categories. All one.
1: right, best actor. Yeah. The winner, of course, is Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. Hmm. One of those where you're like, of course he won. It's an iconic screen performance. Right. One of the great heroes of American cinema. I believe
0: AFI voted him the number one hero sure. of all time. Number two, and and he beat Remember one Pat of the hundred years, a hundred heroes. Yeah, the, right. They did do something like yeah. that, right? And then he like fifty beat villains or something. One
1: of the most famous screen performances of all time: Peter O'Toole as Lawrence of Arabia. Right, and it's the whole thing where you're like, "Well, how did he not win?" And then you're like, "Oh, he lost to Gregory Peck right. playing Atticus Finch." Right. So and there's and one he of those,
3: and then he right. never gets it.
1: And he never got it. He
3: never, he never
0: it. Yeah. gets
1: it. Uh, and but then, he then you could have, get
0: it at his peak. He could get it. Yeah. And then
1: oh. you have. Jack Lemon in Days of Wine and Roses, which is like, low points. you know, Lemon serious. Yes. That's a good performance. Yes, yeah. You have Marcello Mastriani in um, Divorce Italian Style. Oh, cool
0: nomination. Very
1: cool nomination. Yeah. And then you have Burt Lancaster in Birdman of Alcatraz, where you're like, that's the fifth. And that's a pretty famous performance. From yeah. A, no, a I, I wouldn't have actor.
0: Mason over any of them. I might not. eat. I don't know. I have seen all those movies. I don't know. But then give me supporting actor and actress. Okay, so supporting
1: actor, we're like, why is Sellers not here, right? Yes. All right. Best, it goes to Ed Begley, Senior, of course, for Sweet Bird of Youth. Never seen that movie. Uh (laughs) Victor Buono for Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Kind of a cool nomination. Telly Savalas for Birdman of Alcatraz. Sloppy Telly. Who loves
0: you, baby. Sloppy Telly.
1: Omar Sharif for Lawrence of Arabia. And then Terrence Stamp for Billy Budd, which is an incredibly good performance. Yep. Young Terry Stamp. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Um, But, you know, I don't know. Maybe you kick out fucking Savalas. I don't know. I don't know. He might
0: hit you. He's got these, like, ham hocks. Yeah, yeah, good luck trying to kick him out. <laughs> You better have some hearty boots on you. And then supporting
1: actress Patty Duke wins for The Miracle Worker, which is category fraud. Classic category. She was the young. She played Helen Keller. So then
0: Bancroft wins lead. Uh, Correct.
1: Right. Um, Mary Badham, who, of course, is Scout in another yes. category fraud. Uh, she's the little girl in To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. She's really good, though.
0: Like, so Sue Lyons, like, pushed out by two other kids is fun. Funny. And Sue Lyon is the lead in yeah. Lolita, probably, right? I mean, yeah. like, uh, you, you know,
1: yeah. kind of. Yeah. I'd probably put Shelley in supporting and yeah. Sue in lead if I was. I, sp-
3: I think they're both kind of supporting. but. And then
1: Shirley Knight in Sweet Bird of Youth. I haven't seen Sweet Bird of Youth. That's Paul sure. Newman, Geraldine Page. It's a good movie, I think. Yeah. Thelma Ritter and Birdman of Alcatraz, which was fucking cleaning up in the acting categories. Yeah. And then Lansbury and Manchurian Canada, who should have won. Yeah, an incredible.
0: Uh, it's, look, it was a good time for movies. It was a good time for movies.
3: Oh, she's like, so good.
0: You know, picture and director.
1: Yeah. David Lean's like, I'll have those. <laughs> Only made the <laughs> fucking most incredible it. epic of all time. Enjoy it. Uh-huh. Bancroft, as he says, wins best actress. Right. And that's Betty Davis. Catherine Hepburn, Geraldine Page, Lee Remick for Days of Wine and Roses. Like that's yeah. that's a, yeah.
0: it's a good t- it's a good time. What Horton
1: Horton Foot beat out fucking Nabokov for adapted screenplay. He did uh, To yeah, Kill a, a Mockingbird. Good, a good win. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: America had To Kill a Mockingbird fever.
2: Mockingbird, <laughs>
3: mockingbird. Which I think they maybe still do. You know.
2: Yeah. There's sure. that weird sequel that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost that of The Watchmen. Fucking a bummer. Yeah. I mean, it was really funny. <laughs> I know it's
1: kind of a bummer, but it was funny that they were like, she's releasing another book. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. And they're like, and it's a Kill Mockingbird sequel. And people are like, holy shit. And then people are like, she probably never wanted to release. This like weird exploitation of an old woman, right? And the, book's and the book about comes like, out my dad like, actually Finch, what a... I was going to say a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. He's but that just wasn't like I'm. It. So racist. And I hate. I hate everything
1: that I did in the the, the other one. <laughs> and then apparently it was the first book she wrote, and then yes. she scrapped it. Right. Hmm. And then they were like, I don't know, maybe Addison should be nice. And she's like, Oh, good note. Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most successful book ever. Great. Cool. Retired.
0: See you later. Uh, pretty wild. And the whole thing was yeah. wild. Uh, no. It, I mean, look. It, it's it's the thing with this movie where it's like you have four performances that are all essentially different acting styles <laughs> that are arguably in different films but i think all four are pretty great in this movie yeah now i agree w- when any two characters are interacting with each other on screen you're like what the fuck is going on here which movie am i supposed to be watching
3: That's and then when you fair.
0: think about like some of the other characters you're like what would that dynamic be like and shit? I do think Shelley Winters kind of gets at that
1: weird relationship. the best. Like too. then The two of them together, you do.
3: She's so good. Uh, she's, she's my incredible. favorite performance Formans. that people tend to she's shit so on. so right? plainly.
1: Well, because it's so big. It's so big. Right. But
3: I think there's but no other way, way to go. Is. That yeah. character is big, big in the book. You sort yeah. of hate her in the book because you do. she does feel like- You're like, she's like annoying.
1: Yeah, this, I'm with you, His This humbly.
3: antagonist or whatever. Right, right. And I think the movie does a fair enough job um, empathizing with her yeah. while also like, I just think the screenplay that exists as it is in the movie basically hates all four of these people. But I do yeah, think yeah. it hates the Shelley Winters character the least, actually. I, I think, I, I think
0: yes, they view her as the only one who is sort of uh, without sin.
3: Yeah, and her sin is, you know, the classic woman sin of just being annoying. Yes. Right, right. But I don't know. My friend Tess is always like, if Shelley Winters is in a movie, it's not ending well for her. No. Um, She plays
0: a lot of tragic figures. She's so operatic in her suffering and her misery. But, like, watching the Adrian Lyne version, it's Melanie Griffith. Oh, sure. Okay. And she's trying to It's like late zap. 90s, smell it. Okay. Right. She's just like, well, I know the Shelley Winters performance is infamous, uh, so it's just really quiet. That's not how it should be. She should no. be loud and kind of annoying and right. kind of
1: like, déclassé. Like, the whole, like, Humbert is just disgusted with her because he's like, I'm classier and smarter than this person.
0: Right. And you're mm-hmm. like,
1: you know what? Fucking
0: relax, buddy. Right. It's the sort of, the lack of self-awareness on the character is the key to the whole thing.
3: Yeah. And I think there's sort of a beauty in her lack of self-awareness yes. too that she brings to it. All right, I don't know. She is the
0: only person in the movie who's kind of not tortured. Mm. She's got a lot of
1: self-doubt, but sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel I'm, I feel for her pretty much immediately. Yeah. She's she so desperate to, to just have a move in.
3: Yeah. She gets to have the sort of great character trope of being maybe the most morally sound but least put together but she
1: but she's looking past the like the thing that's right in front of her and it's and it, it like right from the beginning when he sees lolita and he's like i will move in actually my bags are in my car and she's like what was the what was it and he was like your pies and she's like oh and i'm like Come on, man! He just fucking saw your daughter sunbathing, and he's like, "Oh yeah, what, is this my room?" No, this is the kitchen, Humbert. This was just not. A, this was not a thing that
3: people had to be afraid of until this book. People what? never thought an adjunct could move to your house <laughs> and do this kind, your kind of shit and, yeah, and marry your daughter and and kill you or whatever. It was sort of the <laughs> Reefer Madness of time a diary. in that way. It there was, was no sort of precedent.
0: Like, you need to know the silent, the silent killer,
3: <laughs>
0: adjuncts, <And> the threat. <laughs> That looms. I guess he has tenure in Ohio. What is he,
3: a speaker? He's just a speaker in their town? Don't you
1: throw your academic language at me. I don't know how it works in the big universities, Francis.
3: Oh my gosh, maybe he's on residency. Okay, not all of us went to Kalamazoo and Rutgers. Oh my God. Claiming
1: both. Yeah, are both Hornets and Scarlet Knights. Is it Hornets? The
3: Humbert of Boise, Idaho, but I was not that. I was just a person who was in town renting a house.
1: Is it Hornets? Yeah, you were like a... Huh? Are they Hornets?
3: Kalamazoo is Hornets, and mm, of course, it's Rutgers it's is the Knights. Knights yeah. yeah, go Knights, go Hornets. Right. See, she's uh, Buzz, Buzz loyalty. Buzz Hornet. Lockbuster. Sort of a crazy name for a mascot, Buzz Hornet. I'm
1: now just imagining like a Rutgers game with like 90,000 fans, and it's like, <laughs> who are these loud? Guys? Oh, that's the MFA program. call <laughs> the MFA
3: kids. <laughs> with, like I, big
1: foam fingers.
3: I feel bad. <laughs> big foam books. I feel bad I didn't see a Rucker's football game.
0: You should. Have, yeah. Well, you could well, still go. You either. live in New York. They're it's not Using that hard big foam fingers to read a big. <laughs> <phone>. <laughs> and they got big foam glasses. Big foam, foam on. highlighters. <laughs> highlighting. Um,
3: oh, we have fun. I should go back.
1: To, yeah, yeah, go back to what's the stadium called? Rutgers Stadium? Oh,
3: I just meant to Rutgers. But, yeah, you should um, get another degree. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's
1: called the SHI Stadium. Boring. Um, okay.
0: Sounds like the S H I T In
3: stadium. the
1: screenplay, of course, they bring Quilty's murder to the front, yes. as we said. Right. Kubrick's take uh, says the main, main problem with the book is, uh, and even with the film, is the main narrative interest initially boils down to, will Humbert get Lolita into bed? Right. And the second drop has a, second and a half has a drop in narrative interest after that happens. Mm-hmm. We wanted to avoid this in the film, so if you have Quilty at the beginning, the audience can constantly, I guess, be wondering, like, how is it going to get to this and what is Quilty up to? I, right. I guess that's sort of like the if you've not read the book and you're seeing this movie like halfway in, you're like, so how, you're probably just still like, how does this <laughs> link up to him yeah. murdering Peter Sellers in cold blood so is, mid-bit? Quilty is so
0: <laughs> inscrutable and these different yes. personas are so bizarre. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, initially it was at Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. They said you could have a million dollars if you... Pre- Don't make them. movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you
4: leave this I'm room a
1: we'll never with A blasted book. Uh, if you like, figure out censorship in advance, basically, I guess, like if you right. like, work this out with the MPAA. Um, uh, Kubrick gets in a big fight with them. They want final cut. They want control over everything. He quits. Uh, instead, they have to find a star to try and lure another studio sure. in. Kirk Douglas... Uh, was the move for Paths of Glory. Right. But as you said, not interested. No, It would make no sense. No. Uh, Olivier, very cl- the most obvious choice. Right. Uh, yes. His agents say, okay. don't do it. Yep. Yeah. David Niven agrees to do it, but then is worried that it will lose the sponsorship for Four Star Playhouse, probably some TV show he was doing yep. or whatever. Yep. So he backs out. Brando was interested. Of course he but was. But too complicated schedule-wise, yeah. and he's Marlon Brando. He's probably just fucking annoying and weird.
3: Wrong, wrong type of guy, I think, in the way that Kirk Douglas, also wrong type of guy. Yeah,
1: I mean, with Brando, you're just sort of like, look, I would see him do most things. Like, yeah. Lord knows what that would look like, but it doesn't immediately seem right.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. No.
1: Yeah. Olivier is the one where you're like, absolutely. that That would make sense. Yeah. Olivier is very good at playing very unlikable characters. Yes. I mean, uh, th- I
0: mean you, especially just coming off of Spartacus and Kubrick, getting that kind of performance out of him. There's something about Mason's teeth in this, though. I mean, not just in this, but Mason's teeth are kind of the element for me where I'm like, this is why you are the best star of this moment to play this. For how, like, suave and sophisticated you are and, like, sort of bizarrely handsome you can be, Every time he opens his mouth, there's something like a little shark-like to him. He's got that Michael Fassbender thing where when Mm. he smiles, you're like, oh, you're like a little dangerous. Uh, I agree
1: with that, yeah. he's Look, I don't understand James Mason's career when I'm looking at it. No. Because he was a big theater actor who makes the leap to movies, mostly playing villains at first and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, like, does Fox movies, but none of them are big hits. I guess he was in, like, a Prisoner of Zenda yeah. remake, but, like, and, like, and then it's like he's in A Star is Born. And you're just sort of like, what in this career? Because, like, A Star is Born is such a plum role. Right. Like, Cary Grant was the first choice or whatever. Yeah. And I just don't really get it. Like, I not that he wasn't a good actor. I'm just I don't get why he gets to be up against up with Garland. Yeah. In like one of the biggest blockbusters of all time, you but read, that's the one
0: you read so often though. In that and then era. he does Twenty
1: Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, right. and it's sort of like yeah. okay, this guy's set. Who is he? In Twenty Thousand
3: Leagues Again?
1: Uh, he's um Nemo.
3: Is he Nemo? Yep.
1: Okay, I've yeah. seen
3: that movie, but I just couldn't remember. Prior to my understanding, he's got of him.
1: one little arm and one big arm, and
3: it's Bradley you know, Cooper who um.
0: Was Finding Nemo.
3: reading Lolita to whatever girlfriend yes. in the yes. park? Uh, what's her name?
0: Yeah, Snooki Waterhouse.
3: Yeah. Snooki. Classic. So, to read
0: into Snooki Waterhouse. Be funny, <laughs> be funny if it was Snooki. Yeah. Um, it's going to be my Halloween costume this year, Snooki Waterhouse. So he comes in and... I, I was just going to say, sorry too. Yeah, that about point. Jamie, Jimmy, Jimmy I feel M. like when I've dug into things like that of like, how does that star suddenly get moved to A position and get on this big project or yeah. this person who had so been I mean, a character actor movies. get the lead or whatever it is? And so often the answer is like weird studio system politicking where it was like someone else they had that they wanted was under contract to a different studio at the last minute they figured out they couldn't use them. And then they had someone who they needed to put in a movie that year, you know? Yeah.
1: I don't know. No, you're probably right. It's like literally Wikipedia, which is Wikipedia too, but it's like, None of like it lists like five movies he did in the late 40s, early 50s, and it yeah. says like none of them were successful. Right, and I'm just like, well, then, but whatever. Obviously, he's a compelling screen presence. Yes, I'm. That might literally be it. It's like, look, this guy's going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Kubrick says handsome, vulnerable, easy to hurt, a romantic. He basically wants like this guy to feel heartfelt, I guess, mm-hmm. on top of the monstrous. Easy to
0: hurt's a good yeah identification.
1: Yeah. Um. Lolita, they see a million people. Sue, you know, it's one of those whatever. <laughs> Sue Lyon gets the part with the yeah. first audition. I, you know, I don't know. Like, it's what, kind of what you said about child acting at the time. Like, Kubrick says, like, she was very casual. She was cool. She wasn't giggly. She was enigmatic. And it's like everything you're saying is like how a grown up would behave. Right. And I guess that, of course, that makes sense that you want Lolita on screen to read as sophisticated. Yeah. But still, but she's got. I don't know. When you read that book, you have no sense of the character of you, Lolita at other, all. I mean, it, and in
0: this movie, you really do. It feels like Judy it's Garland the to, difference me, to me. Where okay. when you watch like uh, Wizard of Oz, right, and you're like, this movie. character's supposed to be like twelve. Isn't Judy Garland like twenty seven in this movie? Yeah, you know, twelve and then you year olds are, like running LLCs back <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. But this is my point. Then you look it up and you're like, Judy Garland was fifteen when she right. shot yeah, this. Yeah, she's like, but a she's kid, like yeah. so poised. Yeah. And the acting style is so specific. I don't know what I'm laughing. You
3: saying famous movie. After oh, Wizard of Oz. Was.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, This mm-hmm. feels like a very Judy Garland performance to me. Mm, and I, I I, don't generally view that as a negative, but for this material, it creates such an odd vibe, especially when they've already aged the character up a little. I mean, the difference between 12 and 14 is pretty huge. The sure. other big difference they make in the script, obviously, is that everyone calls her Lolita. Yeah, they don't. Whereas they don't in the book, it. it is internally his pet name for her. Yeah. Right, that no one calls her Lolita. like not verbalized. Right. That creates such an odd reality. Well, they also completely
1: remove his whole, like, when I was a child,
0: right. I had a crush on this girl, and then she died, you know, his whole, like, yeah, weird yeah, invented yeah. backstory, whether or right. it was, you know. Which the Adrian Line movie, like, front loads. Like, that's right. the opening of the fucking film. Right. right. That's the opening of the book. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, I... d- it does create an odd effect for me where it's like, and so, and so much of it is just, obviously, Lolita is just shorthand for so many other fucking things now.
4: Sure, but when you're
0: in a movie where the character's name is Dolores and everyone's calling her Lolita, it feels like everyone's acknowledging not that they want to fuck her, but this weird status she has for certain people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Rather than it being like I have this name for her in my head that no one will ever hear, that's my secret language, and then that invented name becomes yeah. No, it it
3: externalizes the entire conflict. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Better way to say. I
3: agree that she feels so fake in the book. You have no real. She doesn't feel real. To a point where you're like, this is someone this guy could have made up. Yeah. Because right. he's insane. It feels
1: hallucinatory. Right. And, and so she, she, she doesn't even talk much in the book.
0: Like, you know, her like dialogue she's, is She's much. a child. Like, what does he talk to her about? He's right. just, he's a psychologically broken Flaubert. man. Yeah. yeah right. right. Like the whole Bovary. point is it's like his uncontrollable
1: fixation. Yeah. But But in the movie, she's like a character and she's like, you know, bickering with him and she's, yeah. you know quite charming in those early scenes in her way I don't you know like where it, I don't know it changes the whole tone of everything to me yes. that she's just like you know one of the four leads
3: Yeah I don't know It's it's certainly pitched more mature effectively effectively it feels grounded
1: right. it, That's but that's again all of these but things are But it's like she's sort of the
3: only one doing a grounded performance Right yes in the movie i would say
0: which i i yes. think finally like pays off in the final Ending like, is amazing. Right. She's great. Though. Her that's final also, scene is amazing. Her final the scene best Mason is, like, is the in best the, whole part movie. Of the movie. Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. Like, that's when it works.
1: Sue Lyon talks very fondly about... Kubrick says Lolita could have been an embarrassing film for everyone, but he saw that it wasn't, but has also talked about how fucked up the production was, that James Harris, who was, like, 32, supposedly seduced her on set when she was, like, 15... No Fourteen, good. Very 15. Bad. Don't do it. No, but very bad. Don't do it. Uh, this is like, it's all one way. Harris just was so old and didn't talk about it. This was all like reported on very recently, like yeah. a couple years ago. Yes. Um, and then you have Sellers, mm-hmm. who I guess Kubrick just thinks is funny. Yeah. Because it's not like Strange Love where you're like, okay, there's a pre-existing connection now. It's like, a, it's not logical to cast Peter Sellers in this. It's, not entirely
0: logical. The insane thing, Fran, is like that Strange Love and mouse gets board. made because the takeaway from this film is having Peter Sellers play multiple characters kind of made that thing a hit. That's the thing that audiences liked. If you could develop right. a new it's movie, fair movie. around multiple Peter Sellers characters, you have a green light.
3: I mean, I have to say, like I've seen Strange Love too many times at this point to, to where it's like not really an enjoyable experience for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you were like, there's a different movie where Peter Sellers is playing a bunch of different characters and they're not the characters you saw in Strangelove, I'd be like, okay. That's the thing. Awesome it's the kind
0: of odd that this is the one that creates that
3: it, it model.
0: It isn't. It isn't. Yeah,
3: I mean, and when, I told, when I told the people I was going to see one one to sorry, I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. The yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, sure. When I told people I was going to see this, everyone was just like, Sellers being crazy. Sellers yeah. is crazy. And I, nothing to do. It's sort of...
1: It's just weird that po- Sellers is doing it in Lolita.
3: I remember reading
0: the book Hearing that Peter Sellers played Quilty, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting casting. Absolutely, it's interesting casting to put Peter Sellers in a drama mm-hmm. and have them play this kind of inscrutable." It makes total sense, though. You're like that. I can see it. Like, right. And, and then they're they're like, like,
1: yeah, but you're not. But don't expecting... worry. He also kind of does like a
0: German psychiatrist bit, and you're like, "He does a what?" That, <laughs> like, what? Why, why does he do that? That's the thing you're not expecting <laughs> is that Lolita turns into a Peter Sellers movie, not that Peter Sellers is in a Lolita film. Yeah. And it really does feel like, I mean,
1: like, for Kubrick to basically outright say, look, the problem with the book, and let's be honest, with my movie, is that halfway in, it kind of loses it, and you feel the movie be like, okay, hey, Peter, you want to do some stuff? Like, I don't know, we we got time to fill here before he shoots you. You want to do some stuff?
0: Right? Yeah, but it also- Pick up the energy. It has that weird, like, uh, the nope thing. Where you're like, oh, like the biggest events are happening off screen and you're both telling us and not. The nope? This is, wait, what? what nope, is, the movie?
1: What's this? Yeah, in nope?
0: where you're like, oh, like Jupe in Nope is kind of the most important character. Sure, sure, sure. And oh, all so these yeah, things. Yeah. same things are happening. It's him with just him.
1: talking about, I mean, obviously see a little bit of it, but right, like, right. Yeah, but yeah. you like, don't even him realize until the thing. end, like, oh,
0: that's been going on for the last 40 minutes and all this shit. Right, 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 or right, like right. the scene at the end where she spells it out and she's like, here's what was going on in between every other scene that you just saw right where you just have these extended seller's conversations that are like the buffer for the things the movie's not going to show right. you or tell she's you she's actually been seeing this guy though of course that is the experience in the book because you're locked to
1: his perspective right yeah is you're like as the reader you're like she's slipping away from you this you know what are you talking about? like and that's how you feel in the movie too oh she's going to piano she's not going to piano lessons like you know but right. it's but because it's in the book, it's, again, you're just so, like, lost, locked in with him. And, such, and to me, it's kind of an awful experience reading the book. I really, it's such a well-done book. It's like, well, yeah. But one, I was really, like, sick of this fucking guy, like, yes, halfway. Yes. I was like, come on, you. Well, um, always, in, and in the in, movie, you're,
0: you know, you're leaving his perspective. And reading the book, the difference between Bolte and Humbert, who well, I don't know if you know this, his name is Humbert Humbert. Uh, oh, those guys with his two first names. Right. It's the same one. Humbert feels like this, like, I I am broken. I am caught in this, like, psychological prison of my trauma. I can only love nymphettes. And here is, like, the one I am most attached to. And I've just destroyed my entire life around. Right? Mm. And Quilty just feels like, I mean, she even has the line where she's like, what does she say? That he's, like, so much more spiritual. Or he's got a very Eastern philosophy on things. Um, Yeah. Right. That Quilty just seems like a fucking Libertine. Right. Who's just like, I do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. You know? And that like Humbert's hatred of Quilty is so linked in this thing where it's like, my illicit love is real. He can live openly as a freak, Quilty.
1: A freak in quotes here. Uh, Whereas obviously Humbert can never speak of it. I I get that. Yeah.
3: I think Humbert thinks of himself as a Quilty up until he's sort of confronted with the idea of right? He's like, I too am a free-thinking intellectual who Mm. can pursue whatever and I'm not trapped by the limitations of society. But then when he meets a guy who actually kind of lives that way, he's like, I hate this guy so much. It's like, everything's just
0: a fucking lark and a goof for this guy. And I'm like Frankenstein's monster. Like I'm...
3: Lark and a goof. He's sort of a randomista, that's for sure. Yeah. He's definitely... Uh,
1: There's just so many... Quilty kind
0: of the original shit poster.
1: Sure. Yes, he's a big shit. No, but there's just so many scenes where Mason's like, just stop this foolishness. You know, both yeah. to Lolita and Quilty. Well, what are you talking about? Like right. all that, that kind
0: of malfunctioning. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Though. The Mason <laughs> playing I mean, like it's a universal monster. it's funny to watch him monster. go insane with it sellers. Is. It is. Yeah, those Mason scenes feel like universal monster shit where it's like the right. guy monologuing about his affliction mm. and how he wishes he could get over this dreaded wolfman curse, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Shelly Winters
1: just to give you a little on her, uh, was campaigning for JFK so hard that she demanded the movie be shot around that. She was like, you can't start filming until election, until inauguration okay. day. Okay, slay. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were like, we have to start filming. So they started filming after election day, but they wrote in her contract that if he won, she could go to his inauguration, ah. which she did.
3: Political um, Lady Gaga at Javits Center, you know.
1: She did not get along with Stanley Kubrick at all. Not surprised um, to hear that. Hmm?
0: Not surprised to hear that.
1: Right. Very strong personality. Had her take. He struggled to mold her take, is my guess. I mean, we also watched the
0: making of thing for Portrait of a Lady. Her final film, where Jane Campion, who's a much more tender, empathetic filmmaker. Yes. Was just like, she just, every single take, she goes like, I can't do this, it's too painful. <laughs> right. Like, Shelley Winters' whole thing. Oh, really? Very connected to how her emotional sort of flood on screen at every moment. Which just like don't make me do this, please. This is true. I can't. I can't. Uh, yes, According- I love her so
3: much.
1: Yeah. At one point, apparently, Stanley Kubrick almost fired her and said, "I think that lady's going to have to go." That's the quote, the Stanley Kubrick quote. <laughs> uh, so Aww. that's how annoying. Because I think firing her from the movie would have been very complicated. I mean, the you movie, to the biggest star that to her. at
0: this time, arguably. I, I mean, think
1: Mason's I guess, a bigger star, sure. but but she's certainly a big name. Yeah, she's an Oscar winner already. Yes. I think. Yes. Yes. And because so, Diary Van Frank, that's her first yeah. win. So, yeah, I
0: mean...
3: Does she win for Poseidon? No. No, nominated? she's she nominated. nominated.
1: That's her final. No, she wins for uh, Anne Frank and for yeah, Patch yeah. of Blue, the, the uh, Sydney Poitier movie. She's so
0: good in fucking uh, Place in the Sun. Yes, she is. She's awesome. That's I the love thing about Charlotte her Radio. is you're like, she won two Oscars and then trying to guess which two she won Right, for, there's a lot of plausible. You're like, she could have won for five or six different films.
1: Um, they shot it in England, as we noted. Every time how with do these, you know, how know do I know that? that. Well, I read the dossier. Okay. Um, but like every time it's like Kubrick's like, eh. it's before he's just like, I live in England now, bitch. Right. Don't ask questions. Right. In the 60s, he's like, he said, it's just said a bitch. good idea. I don't know. There's a great deal on a studio over there, you know, but he keeps sending up there. What was yeah. Oh, I
3: said? He said, bitch?
1: Yeah, he, he said, don't ask said questions, bitch.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, no. They shoot it at Elstree. Um, I didn't know they
3: shot this in England.
1: They did. Okay.
0: Of course uh, you wouldn't know
3: that. You grew up in Chicago. He yep. did
1: incredibly mm-hmm. long takes, like 10-minute takes. Uh-huh. Which I feel like is a thing in the early six because that's when Hitchcock's fucking with that the most too. Sure. With like, how long can we go? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh he played music on set, classic silent film technique. Uh-huh. People still do it sometimes, right? Sure. Yeah to set the mood. And uh which sounds weird, but that's okay. And so they would play like West Side Story. Music to make Shelley Winters cry. I don't Aww. think you need to do anything to make Shelley Winters <laughs> cry. Apparently, she was into it. Irma Ledouce would apparently floor James Mason. Okay. And for Sue Lyon, they would play, They he says, Terry, this is Terry Southern, not Elvis, but someone like Elvis to get her going. Sure. Some kind of balladeer, you know. Okay. Sort of mm. Yeah. The final sequence where Humbert finds Lolita and tries to mm-hmm. convince her, that took the longest. They shot that for like two weeks. Yeah. That's where they're like, we have to nail this. And I do think that is the most arresting
0: part of the movie. Yeah. Beyond maybe some of the seller stuff where you're just like, what the fuck? The, the, I, I will say that is the only section of the movie that holistically works for me. Yes. Where I feel like the movie has complete control over its tone and its intent and its sure, interest. Sure, sure, sure. And then there are other scenes that I find fascinating, but they feel at odds with themselves. I
3: mean, I think that's yes. a beautiful scene, which the movie really does not have very many of. No, it has right. a lot of compelling scenes, but not, yes. certainly not beautiful ones. The movie
1: is mostly right, compelling in a horrifying way.
0: Right. The this, this yes. seller's porch, hotel, pretend to be the cop scene, I'm like, is captivating. But what the yeah. fuck is this? And the whole
1: sequence is kind of already alarming. Right. The also, whole what, like cot bed, you know, the whole like yeah, conversation with the shit. clerk, where you're just like, I it's uh, weird
0: how much of it. Right. Like they. Yes. Well, I was gonna
2: say, what's his sidekick?
0: Peter uh, Sellers' sidekick. Yeah. Oh, the woman
2: with the super severe haircut. Like, right. Yeah, but like. She keeps popping up in a way where I'm like, okay, so this is...
1: She's it- sort of like the Great Gazoo, you know? Only he can see her. Number. Is
2: she
0: the Great Gazoo or is she Jelaine Maxwell? <laughs> I was, just, like, I was she's going to say, yeah, I yeah, yeah. hundred percent,
3: yeah. <laughs> They're very
0: similar figures, <laughs> obviously. Totally. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Trendy
3: haircut, yeah. yeah.
0: There's also the whole weird thing with him being disgusted by the swinger couple. Right. In the town. But again, his, it's... right. These perverts and freaks want...
3: It's him. the, you know... I'm not like them like right.
0: thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I do
3: love when he's in the bath avoiding That's them. the scene
0: I want to talk about. That is another scene where Go you're ahead. Like, this is captivating. It is so strange. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Well, talk so about he's it. He's found out that she's died. Yeah. Then he goes back to his bath. He's getting drunk. Yep. He's sort of relieved because he was terrified. He was going to get caught. He was right. going to get rumbled. Right.
3: I think it's a, it's, maybe a posi- have... it, it's a positive bath for him. Absolutely.
0: He maybe shouldn't have written all his crimes down in a diary for his wife right. to find. But yeah, And he's drunk with joy, but also sort of like psychologically unraveling because he's a madman. And then all yeah. these people are I mean, coming and over. Not only
1: that, but it's also like, wait, could I get away with it? Like right. the weird kind of like thrill of that. Right. Like, yeah. Horrifying. Everyone's
0: yes. coming over to console him, give him their, like, uh, you know, morning fruitcakes or whatever. Love a morning fruitcake. And it's just, like, one by one, they all walk into this room like they're the fucking, like, fireman and cop from something about Mary checking out the dick in the zipper, catching him in the bath and going, like, oh, I'm sorry, should I, should I not be here? And he's like, no, come on in. <laughs> and everything he's doing is insane, and they're like, I don't know, I guess grief is weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is. Yeah. It's kind of similar to, like, The
1: later stuff where, in the hotel or whatever, where they're like, yeah, I guess he's her dad and this is what's going on. And he's sort of doing the like, oh, my wife's going to show up in a minute. Everyone's like, who
0: am I to judge? I'm like, feel free to judge. Yeah, you
1: know, 911, famous number. Call the police. (laughs) One of the top phone
0: numbers of all time. Yeah. Uh, Or just ask some questions. Ask even one. But no one wants to. No one wants to. But that's part of, I think, the weird, like, the, the lobster-esque reality of this movie for me. Where it's like, well, obviously they can't talk directly about what's really going on. But also the lack of interrogation by other people around them feels like, you, he can only ask questions about how many beds we need in a room.
3: The right. movie has that bizarro world that the book doesn't have because you're so locked into his POV in the book. They're right. like, well, the world must be normal and he's insane.
0: Right. Th- yes. But in the
3: movie you have that bizarro thing of like, well, if you've got little fuckers like sellers walking around, maybe right. James Mason actually seems normal. Yes. That when yes. he like can't remember if he's if he's with his wife or his girlfriend, you're just like, that the weird guy. Here's the other
0: thing, the book getaway with that doesn't have to consider that the movie does because it's a visual medium. You have to watch people perceive him. Yeah. And perceive him with her and you their know. behavior. Yeah. In the book, He's so solipsistic. He's so caught up in his world. He's yes. just telling you his internal life that you don't have to think about like every time they go to check in at a hotel. Right. They have to walk in together and have they're this like, whole so He has to do
3: his little cot song and dance. Yes. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, sucking <laughs> on your Fine. giant
0: lolly with the sunglasses and shit. It is funny right, how much the what? iconography of the poster. Well,
3: yeah, no, I know. I'm just, This is going to be tied to me for the rest of my life.
1: Yep. You're the one who wrote Lolly's story. You went out and got the lolly. Okay.
3: I didn't ask for this. You're the one who's going to win the Pulitzer <laughs> for
1: Lolly Story. I didn't ask no. for anyone to talk about my lolly. Lolly yep. Story. Bitly.com slash right. lolly.
3: She doesn't even eat the lollipop. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. No, it's funny did.
1: how much the
0: yeah. iconography of the movie is. Well, the it's also
3: like I thought the movie was in color. Yeah. Because of the yes.
0: poster. I remember being surprised I think when all I was sorts of stuff, The poster is better than the movie. Can we, just between the tagline, the imagery... Sure.
3: The poster is better than the poster is the perfect.
0: The poster eats this movie's lunch.
3: I think so. I don't know. It's also short. The movie's got sellers. Much poster is so short. Sellers' <laughs> names
0: on the poster. Yeah,
3: that's it does true. You, did, yeah, if it had, you don't see him, she's with right. Peter if it funny like if
0: all of the faces are like well, just on the corners uh, or, or whatever.
3: Yeah, like or like a parenthetical being like, and he's doing something weird. Yeah, uh, that might work.
1: <laughs> well, like I like that in an old poster where like the guy who's doing something weird has sort of torn open part of the poster yeah. and is popping his head okay. out like ah, look out for me I no, shouldn't be here I'm the yeah. surprise yeah um, here's some ideas that Warner Brothers for example had on okay. how to make this movie palatable three for D. the Hays Code 3D three, <laughs> uh, 3 duh one age her up make her 15 16 right sure. a little more like 27 45 mainly <laughs> uh, keep going two a big thing for them apparently and apparently this was something that got suggested to Navico a mm. lot have them actually get married. I guess just sort of with the thought of like, well, if they're married, then it's sort of it's legal. Like, right? Everyone's put their head in their hands at that. Yeah. Uh, Kubrick
0: said- but This is also, it's like, it, what? This is like fucking five years after the Jerry Lee Lewis shit, where he's like, what's the problem? I married her. And everyone's like, you're not allowed anymore. That's not right. Well, although he was We're allowed. related. What's um, the big deal? But like, but it's
1: like I mean, it, so much in common. It makes like me genes. think of like Hale Caesar or whatever. You just yes. imagine like these old studio guys being like, "All right, well, I'm reading the book," and they're like. Uh, so you know, well, what if they got married? Like, yeah. you know, they're just sort of like in yeah. suits pitching ideas, or something. Like, well, that'd be fine, right? Uh, what if what they Humbert Humber store? <laughs> got a bunch look, of cute dogs look, around. I read comic books about Dick Tracy beating people up. I don't know what this is, but you're asking me to solve a problem here. I don't know. Uh, what if Humbert Humbert's a
0: cop and Lolita <laughs> is uh, held captive, and he saves her, and they never fall in love?
1: Like that's that's just how I imagine some of these studio conversations going. And then Kubrick apparently was like, "The Hays Code will not." That that's not going to solve your problem. Like sure. that, that, it's still not going to get past the Hays code just cuz you got them <laughs> pretend married in your pretend yeah. movie. Um, but basically I guess the whole time they would just shoot alternate stuff and show it to the MPAA to kind of keep them off their backs. Wow. they would shoot like milder stuff.
2: Okay. Like just a scene of God approving. Very good This is
1: just and right (laughs) He's a complicated character And the movie is not outright condemning or condoning God just comes in to say stuff like that Depiction does not
0: equal endorsement Right
1: Uh, The MPAA In their haze Code form at this point Uh Their biggest suggestion with the actual movies of The seduction scene The initial seduction scene between Humbert and Lolita Should fade out a lot earlier Uh huh Again, it's kind of like, but then the movie's gonna keep co- like I know, but but this is the thing with like movie censorship where it's just it always seems so funny, and then you hear directors later on about these conversations they have with the rating board where they're like, "Can you just thrust twice and then we cut?" Like, and you're like,
0: "Why is that better?" Like, you know, versus I mean, thrust. Our, our buddy Chris White talks about that all the time, but like the amount of what what he called frame fucking. They had to do right. over the American first American pie. pie, where it was oh, like yeah. literally like, how many thrusts go into the pie from what angle? Right. At, at, at what velocity is the difference between R and NC17? Um, You're like, he, if it, once he's fucked the pie, he's fucked the pie.
1: The film got an X rating uh-huh. in England. Sure, it got a condemned from the Legion of Decency. Oh, you don't want that. Nope. <laughs> that, they should bring that back.
0: I think it did Condemned. for DC Legion of Super-Pets. <laughs>
1: <Pan. laughs> they were like, come on, this is just Craven. But it did get the code code seal of approval, uh-huh. which meant that MGM picked it up. Yeah. Uh, and you know, other studios had uh, run away, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh and of course, the battle to get the film approved was incorporated into the iconic tagline of the film on the poster, sure. which Griffin Newman says is better than the movie. Yeah. I stand by it. Yeah. No, I don't mind yeah.
3: it. What's I'm trying to think of the most recent thing where the tagline or any of the marketing has like relied on the production and all I can think of is that bad North Korea movie. The interview? Yeah.
0: Do they have a tagline like that? I
3: don't like, think so, but I am like, like, is it
0: on Netflix now is like the movie Kim Jong-un didn't want you to see or some shit?
3: Oh, maybe, yeah.
0: Um, I, I think... can't
3: think of it. I wish That's... they just sort of did more stuff with that. You yeah, know? Remember how weird that was? Yeah, yeah. weird time.
1: Not a good movie. Who no, which makes it movie? all the weirder. I know. If well, I only just, it was good?
3: I had to write about Franco playing Castro, and then I was, like which is so, which also that that press release is so funny and so crazy. All
1: oh, right, Rogen directed it with Goldberg, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Everything about that movie is weird. I don't approve of James Franco being cast as uh, Castro. No good, very bad. Even they? though
3: he is the exact same bone structure when they ran it through a. Computer program or something?
1: Yeah. Oh, you've convinced me. <laughs> oh, well, when okay. you say that. Yeah. You do um, know
3: that's their
0: fucking defense. I know, report. I know, whatever.
3: But there's just like it's some a, It's dumb... a physiognomy. Physiognomy, we... that word yeah. came back. Let's get yeah. it back out.
0: They're like, look, if you have a suggestion of a better skull shape, <laughs> we'll hear it. I don't know. We couldn't find one. Just get Fidel back. Bring him back. Bring Fidel back. Huh? CGI Bring Fidel, Fidel back.
1: Yeah, hologram Fidel. It's look. not even
3: about him, really. You might as well have a CGI one.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, do a Peter Cushing and Rogue one thing. Yes. Um I think this is a great quote from Kubrick about what he thinks okay. doesn't work about the movie, uh-huh. Fun, like fundamentally. Years mm-hmm. later, he's reflecting. Sure, the important thing in the novel is to think that, by, in the, on the outset, that Humbert is enslaved by his perversion, and only at the end, when Lolita is married and pregnant, do you realize that he does love her. So he's saying, like, the end hits so hard in the book because you've never been in that mindset, and then by the sure. end, you're like, huh, he does actually. There is something more than just this obsession he's talking about. Whereas in the, he says, in my film, the fact that his sexual obsession could not be portrayed at all yeah. just implies that he's in love with her from the start. So, like, he's like, it just kind of plays as a slightly more traditional, weird love like story. You're not, you don't really get into the fact that this guy's obsessed with pre teen girls. Right. Like, right. at all. Like, it's no, not I think, I think, in the movie. I
3: think that's it exactly.
1: Like, if he, it, yeah. imagine, look, imagine if the movie begins, red velvet curtain. Yeah. Maybe a little dry ice. Okay. Okay. James Mason comes out wearing a smoking jacket. Yeah. Okay. Got a big cigar and a cup of tea. And he's like, hello, I'm Humbert Humbert. I fucking love nine-year-olds, you know. and Then you're like, whoa,
0: whoa, this guy is awful. I hate this
1: guy, you know. Then, the then thing. it's Look, different. It
0: also doesn't. Work, you guys think that's it's a good idea? Unbearably sad and difficult to watch. You guys think that's a good Adrian idea? But the Adrian Line though. movie does that, basically the opening, <laughs> right, and I do think it's to the film's advantage. Right. You don't think that's a good Thumbs idea? Thumbs down, David. <laughs> you don't like my smoking jacket? No, I know I, that. I agree. Yes. I agree. He should come out fucking like Rod Serling style. <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm a awful pervert. Imagine if you will. Um, but I do think it's interesting that he's like because I was so handcuffed and be able to dramatize the erotic portion of this guy's psychology. Yeah. It just plays like a weird love story at the end. Like, I don't know. Well, I think either you
3: start with sort of the weird thing that... I don't really remember the thing in his past... There's a girl from his childhood? He, he loses it, it, his
0: virginity it, it, to a, a girl when he's like 14 years old. And she and then dies. then she dies of consumption. Immediately, or consumption. pretty much.
3: Like, I mean, I think you either start with that or you start with him shooting Quilty for dramatic tension, but you don't get to have two beginnings to that movie. Right. And I right. think they picked the one that makes like the vehicle of the movie work better at the expense of like... Sure. But the whole... The heart of it. The
0: whole thing, which is like psychologically sort of uh, uh, sourced and backed up, that very often pedophilia is some sort of like effect of people being frozen developmentally at that age, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the book and the Adrian Lyman version go out of their way to say, like, this is why. Uh, Yeah. And this movie, it's, yes, and it's part of also the weird, like, his worldview of her is externalized. Everyone else is calling her Lolita. No one else seems to pick up on what's going on. Quilty is, like, the fucking Joker. (laughs) Like maneuvering the entire universe wow. around having the this Joker? secret affair yeah. that it doesn't feel like... It, it, it feels like a movie about a man who is at odds with himself, and that's the great tragedy of it, rather than a movie about a man who is, like, you know, like, fundamentally fucking cursed.
3: Yeah, yeah. As as far as you know, when he comes into this movie, this is a guy whose life has been normal up to the point that he walked into the door of this house. Right. Versus a guy who's like an insane lunatic. This girl kind of breaks him,
0: and then the movie tries to kind of at the end go like, but the love was real. So yeah. Look, he did care. Look at him giving the money. No, it feels karmic
2: at the end, though. Yeah, it feels like every
0: step of the way.
2: He's making the wrong decision, and yeah, then the a... consequence is that his things, the situation is getting worse and worse and worse.
0: Well, yes. Yes.
1: He is fundamentally entirely dysfunctional and awful. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a really so, bad yeah. decision, right?
0: Uh, to tell her that her mom's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like, well, whenever the shoe's dropping on this,
2: uh, the lows, the, the desperation yeah. of this character, yeah. is sickening.
1: Kubrick later finally just comes out and says it and says, If I'd realized how severe the limitations would be, I probably just wouldn't made have made it. it. Yeah. Um, which is fairly damning of him.
2: Yeah. What does that mean? When, I don't, when you unpack that quote, well,
1: he just like, he's like, I, I, there was something about this novel that I thought was powerful and was I just could not realize. fundamentally yeah. dramatize it because yeah. of like the fact that I could not portray this guy as an outright like sort of broken, monstrous person. So instead, he's just a weirdo.
0: I, I mean, I'm. Well I'm once now again, I think it's like he's assuming he could have squared the circle in a time without content restrictions, versus just being like, what we keep on talking about, like you just can't fucking make this book into a movie. Well, I mean, also the fundamental thing is, as you said, there's the line movie that
1: does everything he couldn't do, right? And that movie is boring, like yeah, more than anything, and not very successful.
0: No. Case closed.
1: And like, Adrian Lyon made Flashdance, which is a movie that you're like, every second of Flashdance, you're like, makes no sense, makes no sense. But you're watching it, you're just like, I'm having fun. He's kind of the king of that. Lyon is usually good at like, threading
0: stupid. Obviously, Lolita is different from Flashdance. But on paper, Adrian Lyon, in the 1990s, with that cast, making Lolita more faithful to the book, you're like, if anyone's ever gonna pull it off, it's him right now.
1: Sure. But
0: I remember when it came out, people were like, don't do it.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. why are you doing yeah. this?
3: I mean, if Cooper had waited, I wonder what would sure. have happened.
0: Sure, even if, even if, if he, he waited like the 70s for, or something. Yeah. If, if he waited five years. Because yeah. I
3: do feel like, based on the quotes you shared, all of which are new to me, that he fundamentally understands the source material that he's working with and what yeah, he wants sure. to be saying and is limited just by the nature of the times. Yeah, but I just still
0: wonder how much you can ever externalize this book.
3: Yeah, to- yeah. Like, totally. in
0: Flashdance, she's a welder. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She
1: dances at a local bar in Pittsburgh right. that somehow allows massively, like, overcomplicated cabaret acts to perform. Buckets of water. Buckets of water. A lady like, who's like, I'm a subway systems. train. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it's, it's not just, like, people dancing. It's, like, really complicated visual yeah. bits. Yeah. She wants to be a ballerina. Yeah. She meets another welder who's rich, mm-hmm. who takes a shine to her, Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And because he gets her the right audition, she gets to do a ballerina audition. Like he gets her in with the right Dude, people. This she is gets how to do a ballerina album. Nobody's yeah,
4: talking about right.
1: that. And then David. she gets to be a ballerina. And you watch this movie and you're like, Oh, this is a bit silly. And people come in and are like, No, 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 the most successful film of the year, basically. You don't understand. And I never knew big, I didn't know that actually. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was the premise of Flashdance.
1: The premise of Flashdance is she's just a simple welder who only, just wishes to be a ballerina and her way into doing that is doing kind of like sexy but
0: not stripping. Yeah, I think I thought it was dancing. like footloose. No, she's got a like skeezy flash dance her way. Footloose is equally into... insane though. Footloose
1: yeah. is like the, the best dancer in the world arrives at the one town where dancing isn't allowed. Like footloose also makes no sense.
2: Yes. <laughs> He's like how I express myself is dancing and they're like uh-uh no. Yeah, wait, was the dance movie
0: oh,
3: Center Stage? That's not 98, though. That's like 2000. Center Stage is like 2000. Yeah. that's. I was like, it took them a while to figure out. You could just make a movie about dance.
0: Right. Sure.
3: You'd be like, I want to be a dancer. And they're like, seems hard. That's the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rather than right. like, I want to be a dancer, but convoluted. <laughs> and right. they but remained
0: successful when they started doing that. Like, say The Last Dance and Step Up, yeah. whatever. Once they just cut out the tension and went like, it's about someone who wants to dance. Yeah. Then it works. Mm-hmm. Bosley Crowther. Mm-hmm. I just
1: uh-huh. want to read you him bodying Lolita. Sure. A film critic for the New York Times. People yeah. do at the time. How did they ever make a movie of Lolita? According to the poster, the answer to that question posed in the advertisements of the picture, which arrived at the Lowe's State and the Murray Hill last night, love that in old theater, old movie reviews where they yeah. tell you like the two Manhattan theaters yeah. you can see it at, is as simple as this: they didn't. Oh boy, they made a movie. From a script in which the characters have the same name as the characters in the book, and the plot bears a resemblance to the original, and no. some of the incidents are vaguely similar, but the Lalita Nabokov wrote as a novel and the Lolita he wrote to be a film are two conspicuously different things. Oh, and he's, so on, he's and laughing
3: and so writing this. Yeah,
1: he he's he's like, he's off. having a, a lot. The
3: typewriter. Yeah. Kale, write about this?
1: Uh, I don't. She would have been working. Let's yeah. See. I, I, uh, it's not in here.
3: I feel like she would have hated this, but.
1: He loves it. She loves it.
3: Oh, she Kale's loves it. Pro. Okay, I never know. I I like her because I never know what she's going to say about something.
1: Um. Yeah, no, she calls it one of... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, she hates it. This website calls this review one of
0: Kale's best
3: reviews. Oh, okay. I was confused by the, the capsule. <laughs>
0: No, I think that she had a similar- Are you on a, a top uh, 20 uh, deadliest Pauline Kael body blows listicle? <laughs> crack.com, 18 <laughs>
1: times Pauline Kale absolutely shredded a masterpiece. <laughs> um, no, she seems more positive on it. And in okay. fact, she makes fun of Bosley Crowther in this very review. Says okay, he's slay. always counted on to miss the point. That's back when movie uh, critics were just like, Leslie Crowther, who's as ugly as he is fat? You know, like, (laughs) you're just like, whoa.
0: There were also like six of them. They were like the Greek gods. (laughs) Which one are you? Right, they're all wearing like capes and shit. What's your gimmick? (laughs) But she's more positive on it. Yeah, yeah. I think you read so much of the response to this movie at the time, and there was a lot of like points for audacity to everyone involved. Where it's just like, what courage to make this? Me, I, I mean, I don't like this film. I do think it's fascinating.
1: It is very compelling. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, but I watched it one time to have seen every Stanley Kubrick film. That is why yes. I eventually watched yeah. it. And I remember at the time, like, it or what yeah. being like, well, it's, there's nothing like it. It's interesting. On rewatch, I just, I just really, it really loses me for the la- the second hour yeah. plus. Yeah. Really post-Shelly Winters. Yeah. The seller stuff does not charm me as much as it charms you no. guys. I grew up... I
3: mean, I, 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 just, up, I don't know if I'm I charmed. Mean, so yeah, much charm so isn't the right
1: word. Or Be, whatever. Bewildered it, in and or, yeah. Yeah. I don't
3: like it, I mean, though. you
1: guys have stopped me. I was said, oh, I, I grew up twice, and you guys talked over me, which is crazy, because I was about to lie up you have a something meatball to say? for
3: you guys. <laughs> you have something you want to say you about your awesome. life? I
1: grew up in England. What? And... I think that really has turned me against all the great British comic figures because okay, just because like you They're just too revered, yeah. You spend so much time and like watching TV back then, especially back when there were only fucking four channels, yeah. And it'd be like the BBC's like hundred greatest comedians, and they basically be like number one hundred, Peter Sellers, number ninety nine, Peter Sellers again. We're gonna just do him for fifty, you know? They just they just Peter Sellers, Morecambe and Wise, Peter Sellers, Peter's up, Peter Cook, Peter yeah. Sellers. And you're just like I get it, I get it, I get it, you know. It is good. Sure. And I think Strange Love is a masterpiece, and he's so mm-hmm. funny in it, and I think he's funny in other stuff. Uh, but, like, I don't know. He creeps me out in this movie, He's mostly. a creep.
0: He's a creep. And this is the thing I'm saying, I do think this is the movie that gets closest to him playing himself. Not in his, like, sexual predilections, but in his, like, odd... His, I can't be a real person. Yeah. yeah. No, and I think that's what he was like. I, I, I yeah, We
3: have think... a dwindling number of comedians, let alone comedic actors, who do a thing that... Well, I think is so funny, and also I would never want to be anywhere near of them. of cancel
0: culture. They're too well, Of course,
3: because of cancel culture. No, also,
0: not that I want to fucking dip into this, but it's like, oh boy. this oh. is why every <laughs> single week the, like, discourse echo chamber is losing their mind fighting over the rehearsal. Oh, because sure. Nathan Fielder has built himself to be inscrutable.
1: You know, and I don't say this as a brag. Yeah, I still don't know what the rehearsal is about. I don't know anything about it. All I know is that Nathan Fielder is in it,
0: and people are very losing about it. In both directions. I really don't know. Anything. I'm I do you it. think it is. Like, even someone like Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm not, but
1: I'm not not watching it because I hate him or love him or whatever. Like, yeah. I just haven't
0: gotten around to it. And I just sort of see people, like, yelling about very abstract things. I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen, and, I, you know, mm. not to his credit or detriment, didn't really put any energy into trying to hold on to any mystery about himself. Like he talks about that he doesn't like doing interviews as himself, but when he does them, you're like, you seem normal. You're not someone whose like skin is like.
3: Yeah, he's maybe the closest modern example we have because Fielder's not doing. I mean, I can't. I actually can't speak on Fielder. I haven't seen enough to speak on yeah. him.
1: You haven't played the field.
3: Nope. Let's play the box, obviously.
2: Well, okay, no. okay. Sorry. What's up? One last thing I wanted to say about the yep. movie. Um, there's a song that's playing when we first meet Lolita. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sure. Original
3: original composition, It's an original
2: composition. Right, what it's is it, Monster like, Mash, or what is well, it? Well, it's got that <laughs> sound to it. No, yeah. truly, it's That's like true. a very yeah. old-fashioned-sounding song. Mm-hmm. It fucking kind of rips. Did you look oh. up what it is? I did last night, okay. and now I'm, like, unless I'm playing it yeah. out loud. See if you can find the title.
3: Oh, we looked this up, I feel. Yeah, Lolita Yaya.
2: Yeah, the Yaya song by Nelson
1: Riddle. It,
3: it charted.
2: Oh, right, right. It was written for this. This is a fucking, okay, this is kind of like, this is kind of a solid song where I was like, this would be in a fucking Wes Anderson movie. Yes. If it was a, like, you know... Wasn't in, in this, this movie. This is the
0: other thing. Like, so much of the music in this movie is so jaunty and fun, and it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me really uncomfortable, but it is But on like, its this own, is, this song is great. Oh, it's a, man. It's very effective. I'd love to see I'm a just, little stop motion dog dancing to this
3: song. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, this
0: movie is
1: so fucking weird. Like, oh, I'm watching. So I
0: Googled this song,
1: right? And a YouTube video plays it. on his elbows. And it's basically like a montage of the film just yeah. playing, right? Yeah. And like, I'm being reminded of some scenes, like the movie The Drive In Theater which sure. is like a clever Kubrick bit of uh-huh. like watching how the hands move around. Oh, sure. You know, like where they both put uh, their hands yeah. on him and he ha- grabs both their hands and he lets go, Shelly Winters, and he puts his hand uh-huh. on Lolita and she puts her hand on him, but then Shelly
0: Winters like, puts it and, he's, and everyone's like, uh, The the sh- nail polish uh, yes. being the only uh, outward physicalization of, of sex in this movie. And then you have like shots
1: like this where it's like, He's sitting in his fucking bathrobe with a fucking cravat and she's like next to him with a piece of toast. And you're know, like what like a weird leaning movie.
0: in, like sort of, who me? And he's like, <laughs> that toast Hello, looks so, so good man. in that How's scene. How's that buttered toast you're eating? It looks so
3: good. You the know toast? what's
1: fucking good?
3: Buttered toast? A
1: piece of buttered toast. Get out of here. Yeah. Nothing better. There
3: is sort of this very funny micro trend on food TikTok right now where people are quote unquote discovering just eating bread with butter yeah. on it and maybe a little bit of salt and it's like what I the bad. fuck's going, going the on? Best. When
1: I was if you'll allow me to reminisce if you'll Please. allow me to reminisce um, when I was a kid in England in London what? London, England What? I took piano lessons every week with a lovely Like lady. hell you did in well, her um, house, Andre Oh, I thought she'd have like a Dame Thwin Whistle Mrs. Bagthorpe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was, kind of, she was like a classic, sort of slightly dotty British piano Shatter teacher lady. Shatter <laughs> Right. But like, it, it, she was a type of English person where it's sure. like, her house is kind of full of knickknacks and she's got like a long flowing dress. This is why I asked. It, I'm picturing but, the type. But so my mom would pick me up at school. At Hanover School, which is where I went. Hanover Primary School, my primary school which was a, a crazy old Victorian building built for asthmatic children. Oh, boy. Uh, it had a rooftop playground. It was right by the Regent's Canal. And the mm. idea, I think, was like, oh, the water! That'll cure their asthma. Yeah. Um, and she would take me to a greasy spoon called the Reedle Rooms, uh, and I would eat two pieces of buttered toast Yeah. before I went to the piano lesson. I think that like that's crap. why I love buttered toast. What, what do they call you- it
2: there? <laughs> ridiculous
1: oh yeah blimey governor i don't fucking know what two what sheets it to it? the wind I uh toast with butter i don't know sometimes you it. get some
0: like crazy like big boy it's Lumber true Jack. like
1: like bubble and squeak like do you know what bubble and squeak is that's like the yeah. to yes. me the funniest you know british uh yes. greasy spoon order
3: no you it's know it's a potato thing right
1: it's basically like potatoes
0: and cabbages and oh, yeah. you you fry it and you know it apparently goes squeaks. bubbles and squeaks right? um yeah. When you get some, like, big, crazy lumberjack breakfast, I feel like oftentimes the, the two pieces of buttered toast on the side are the most exciting part.
3: Yeah, There's are that. And they're you're so like, what's with so this other
0: shit I ordered? Yeah. I don't want fucking sausage links. Give me more toast. Give me a big tower of well, toast. Well, for years
3: I was like, yeah, give me the English muffin. Give me the right. challah. And now I'm just like, give me the most plain bread with toast. Yeah. And I'll make my choice with I do, how I want to use it.
0: I'll, like, default to doing bagel with, cream cheese most days. Mm-hmm. But then it's like sometimes I treat myself by like being like keep it real simple. Fucking just toasted butter with bagel.
3: That was a thing I hadn't even it's heard so of till I moved out here. Goddamn hard. Unbelievable to me. Yeah. What's that, that you could that you could put butter on a bagel. Never even thought of it. Thought that was a vehicle for cream cheese only.
0: No a toasted butter bagel. Didn't know.
3: Bagel. Oh, Didn't
1: know. One because of life's the life's the finer pleasures. That order. I love a butter bagel.
2: What people don't know is, if you get at a bagel place or whatever, basically they put on such a sick That's amount of butter. Yes. Yeah. To, yes, that it's like it's like you couldn't do it to yourself. That's the thing. Yeah, you ha- someone else has it. to put but that on. I, mean, I literally had a buttered bagel for, for breakfast this morning
0: it's from incredible.
1: from the bagel pub, Like from someone made me a buttered bagel. It's like how an eggo waffle, yeah. Well, that like when you pour syrup on an eggo waffle and it gets wet, yes. like that's what they do to your bagel. Well, your your bagel is, is, is butter all the
0: way down. Then they <laughs> so tightly wrap it in the paper and then the tinfoil over it, so when you take it out, the entire thing is just cased in butter. When I was really broke, like it's just the bl- butter has just swished around in the wrapping. Yes, I love yeah. it.
1: But when I was really broke in New York, like my breakfast would be a buttered bagel untoasted from one of those carts. Oh, sure. You know how they just have them wrapped in saran wrap? just uh, uh, And like with just yellow ass butter, like whatever, margarine, whatever it is, for like 50 cents. Yeah. Love that.
0: That's the other thing, though. Butter bagel's still pretty cheap from even a real bagel Even from
1: a fancy bagel place. They'll only charge you a couple
0: bucks for a butter bagel. I would do a salt bagel. With, with butter. the butter, ah! it's too much. I do everything no, just so you're balancing no, no. it.
3: No, I think that's good. I, I I'll, I'll try some extra these salt, days, but not all but extra. Salt. I love a salt yeah. bagel,
0: like toasted salt bagel. So good, man! Bagels roll so fucking hard. What if I do a spinoff podcast about bagels?
1: I mean, I'm all for it, but what's wh- how does the podcast work?
0: Get, talk about bagels. You you bring a, a topping. Sounds good, yeah. actually. Pick a, you know. Yeah. We go to a bagel shop together. I gotta guess I guess I got to get a shop to sponsor it. Or is it just like you
1: have a guest on every week, and you're like, so what do you think What's of bagels? What's your order? Yeah. And
0: you just sort of see how long you can sustain that conversation. I don't think I'd ever run dry. It's my favorite thing to talk about. I do love talking bagels. Yeah.
2: What do you think of those rainbow bagels? hate them.
0: Right? Aren't they gross? Don't it must I mean, make bagels, dude. Ben, look I don't want to burn this here because I'll get an entire like fucking arc out of this on my bagel podcast. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. I. I. I don't like the meat. I'm very purist about. I'm like, there's like six kinds of bagels. To Honestly, me. Yeah,
2: I might have to cut this all out and just save this as an excerpt for the future yeah.
0: episode of your bagel show. Yeah. Because David, you'll be a guest early on, so don't say any more bagel opinions here. And Fran will be as well because you're one of our best. Oh.
3: Thank one of our you. finest. Thank you. We
0: shared the Lolly article in the blank check text thread.
3: Oh, and Marie bless.
0: just said, "God, Fran is just the coolest."
3: That's yes. that's so nice to hear about me poisoning myself. We didn't for even comedy. discuss my
0: wedding. I figured this would be the wedding episode. We can
3: talk about. The, I thought we were going to yeah, talk so about the I wedding too. Hear about your wedding? I totally forgot. Fine. This is okay, the first episode recorded
1: little... after my wedding, which everyone in this room attended.
2: Your wedding which, was great, including
1: yeah. Ben's girlfriend, who's not in the room, but she's she's sort of in the next. Yeah, one. And also... I brought my cat. No, you didn't bring Aww. your cat. That would be nice, though. Like, can Pid we be things. honest
0: here? Stolen fucking valor. You want some credit for your wedding. You got married two years ago. No vows were exchanged in front of us. It was just a party. That is true. It was, had a great it was, time. I, I, it was a great I, party. I'll be clear with you. It was billed
1: as a, a wedding party. I or know. A, that's uh, why I'm now. Now you You think saying, David
3: stole valor? I was valor just using
0: shorthand. From
3: okay. other people who got married?
0: I think so. But
3: I did get married.
0: I got married this week. No one's talking about it. You didn't tell okay, well, I'll it, It's not going well. I'll just say <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
2: <laughs> that... <laughs> Trouble in paradise. <laughs> yes, go I'll ahead. I'll just say that you and your, your wife looked great. You both really looked great. She looked great. I looked fine. Come on. Okay.
3: You, you both looked great. It, it was Thank a beautiful night.
1: You. I think she looked great. At least
3: two Dua Lipa songs played.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. DJ well, so, Marika. So Morimara, s- shout I was out. Doing I'll doing shout her out on
2: my podcast. I don't know if you know this. The Marika bit I Mori was Mori. doing is I kept telling everybody that I actually came up with the playlist. Yeah. Oh, did you? I didn't hear you. Yeah. yeah. It was a really funny bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: The other thing, No one believed me. Ben and no, because Marika was crushing it and everyone knew it. Ben and I were <laughs> busting a gut at the table when you got up to make your speech. Right? You were kind of at the podcast table. I'd say the cool kids table. Yeah, of course.
3: Yeah. Oh, I was at the cool table. You were at the cool I table. I thought you were Thinking. at
0: the hot table.
1: No, no. Fran was at the hottie table. Yeah.
3: yeah. All right. Whatever. Thank you. Although
1: Ange dubbed it the bisexual girls with glasses table. Yeah. But. You sure.
3: Know. Yeah.
1: Six of one, half dozen of the other. But no, I'm sorry. Yeah. You were at the podcast, David.
0: Gets up. Mm. Thank you all for coming. Means Gives so nice much. She and said and her name.
1: We're going to have to bleep it out, but whatever. I'm sorry.
0: David's wife, Forky. Forky comes, gets up and gets goes. Up, says, what? Thank no. <laughs> forky bit.: Trash. <laughs> <laughs> and she threw herself in the garbage. What is love? David had to fish her out. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but she was like, thank you for coming. Means so much to have everyone here. It's been mm-hmm. so long overdue. Uh, it, it made a joke about you growing up in England. Damn. Uh, killed. Crazy. She knew that Honestly,
3: didn't expect that. She knew it would crush. And,
0: like, said it and then pretty much directly looked over to our table yeah. and was like, Well, she needed you guys to write to fucks get it, like that. Yeah, exactly. Get it going. It was like a very, like, gracious sort of, like, host table setting and said, like, when we got married, you know, two years ago, we'd been waiting to have this event. And then you interjected with, like, I actually did the math. It is, uh, it is... I didn't interject. It, the microphone was passed to me, and sure. I did do the math. The first thing you said when the microphone yeah. was passed to you was you did the math that it was actually two days short of being exactly it two was. years. It was. It was a, so it it was was a year and 360. 700. Days. It was, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. I mean, I, just, I think I said the amount of days. I can't you remember. said the I'm amount of sure days. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah. it was the equivalent of you having the laptop in front of you right now, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> you said the amount of days. Ben and I looked at each other, started busting up. Yeah, 728 days. Right. You don't love uh, speaking publicly in front of people. I think it's fair to say your wife is also very shy about those well, things. Well, she's genuinely shy and wrote something out and, right. and said You're it. You're less shy than she is, but you don't love being on, like, mic in front of crowd. I
1: don't love it, but I also was not... I was, we
0: were so stressed and busy preparing a zillion things, yeah. and I was like, I don't know, I'll just fucking say something, and who cares? So David, David Reese and I were sitting together... And we were talking about how good both of us are at wedding speeches and how rude it was that neither of us were asked. And I kept on joking. I had three speeches planned. I was going to do three different speeches at different points in the ceremony. And, and then there was no ceremony. But so we were, like, rating everyone's speech as it happened, right? right? Being, like, good move. Like, Molly comes up and you're like, she's locked and loaded my, for bear. My, right. right, she's going to kill it, whatever. And you, once st- passes you the mic, the first thing you do is the correction on the number of days. Yeah. And then you go, like, I don't know, uh… There's uh food. Does uh, everyone get food? And yeah, uh, I kind of laid out, I'm like, oh, we're gonna drinks. eat, and then there'll
1: be some toast, right. and then we'll have dessert, and we'll dance. You're doing like floppy yeah, right. Muppet
0: arms. And you're yeah. like dance or whatever. And we just turned to each other. And we're like, God, I didn't think he'd go this emotional. <laughs> 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 and then the rest of the night, we were just dining out on the bits about how like. I don't usually cry at weddings, but David opened up to a degree. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. You were just like, I can't not get this bad. over with fast enough. I don't know. What are the things that happened in this wedding? Uh, sit I in mean, the chairs what? at your tables and then uh, talk to the other people who were at your tables. All and right, then I you can go over to other this. tables and talk to other people. And then
2: later you're like, oh, and also we have to make a toast. I'm being told. Yeah, I'm being told. <laughs> <unfortunately>. <laughs> it
4: was the most David shit in the
2: world. Yeah, no, that was actually, okay, so
1: that was not my fault. What? When we arrived at the, and again, planning a wedding with a toddler is not a wedding. Why you let the
2: toddler make decisions? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? "Ah!" She should have done everything. All right,
1: fine. She would have bought the place (laughs) up. Really, the purple? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, We arrive at the wedding uh, venue, and our caterer is like, "Oh, by the way, we want to give everyone like a champagne glass filled with champagne, like you know, gratis, like you know, on us." Uh For a champagne toast. And we were like, oh, sure. That sounds good. And then I just totally spaced on it. And then we sit down and my wife was like, wait. Like we see the glass and we're you like, you were oh. supposed to leave the toast. <laughs> like, What right. else are we going to do this? Everyone's got it in front of them. Right. So then I'm like, Mariko, give me
0: the fucking microphone. I was like, right. ah, anyway, toast to love. You're like, oh no, no we're <laughs> supposed to make a toast. Uh, toast so that was not entirely my fault. Uh, it wasn't your fault. But even so, the energy of everything you said was just like, ah, it's, it's when people parody you summing up the plot of the movie too quickly where you it were like, bad. I don't know what happens to this wedding. We're all going to get too drunk and dance. I don't know. What do you want for me? Like every time you got on the mic was I don't know what do you want from me. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's I fair. I think
3: it's good having I think having, was having funny. attended plenty me. of weddings where the opposite vibe is true, where it's like that everyone. That on our is... minds. You never
1: want to. We didn't want any of the sort of like everyone. The glasses are clinking and the so because someone just keeps talking and everyone. Or the t- right. I had three yeah, speeches the tense, the ready to go. I've been working them out at the cellar. I will also say, and I'm sure people who are listening who've done a wedding, like, it is that thing where you're just completely disassociated. And, like, I ate the food in that way of, like, well, I know I need to eat some food because food is fuel, but I couldn't even taste it. I was just like, I don't know. You know, you're just so out of it. Yeah. And then eventually, and then I sort of settled down. But, like, the early part of it, I was just like, it's so weird to be in one room. I said this, one of you maybe, Mm -hmm. and every minute, someone, one of your best friends comes in looking hot. Like, that's truly what it was. Like, I'm in an empty, it's basically, I'm in an empty big room. Sure. And and Ben was the first to arrive, by the way. Really? Shout out Ben, 15 minutes early. Yep. Wow. Um, It
2: wasn't me, though. That was all my girlfriend. Oh, sure. Um,
1: She's a watch influencer. But like, just that weird sensation of like, oh, well, and then there's my friend from, you know, from, from, I know them from college. Oh, and I know this person. And they're all looking
0: great, you know. Like, and you're like, of course, I know that's what's going to happen. But it's a weird experience, well, to watch I, it all especially happen. after two years of like not getting yeah, to see yeah, yeah. a lot of people. Right, you're yeah, like, it's, another it's another your thing, own right. curated big fish ending. Yeah, but weird. you're not dying. Yeah, and especially when this many people have not been able to be in the same room, and people yeah. have been not traveling and it wasn't to other even that places. Big of water, like, no, no, not no, no, even no, no. People, yeah. Is it
2: also a thing where you know everyone's looking at you all the time? A little bit. I
1: mean, Alex Ross Perry were like saying that I was. But no. being like presidential, he said I was very presidential and that I like yes. had a tie and I kept like walking over to tables and being like, how's everyone doing? I don't know. He was roasting me for that. You felt more like a, the owner of a, an Italian restaurant. Oh, well, that's what I like. <laughs> that's what I want. One time I was when I was a political reporter and I know we uh-huh. got to do the box office game. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, I once covered like an election night party in Harlem for like a local election. And mm-hmm. it was this great like old bar Charlie Randall. Not Charlie Wrangle, but you know it was it was um. Fuck. I'll remember his name. Okay. Later. Um, and this like fucking gent comes over to me at one point. <laughs> this old guy yeah. in like a great like blazer, and I was like hi. He was like hi, and I was like hi, and he's like I'm the proprietor, and I was <laughs> like oh that's cool. I want to introduce myself like that. Yeah. <laughs> at this like cool like jazzy bar. and, yeah. Fuck. What's his name? It doesn't. Well, who cares? I don't know, Box say. office game. Okay, so this film opens, and this one was a hit. hit. Yeah, mild hit, like nothing insane, but you no, know, certainly its budget it to made like, like five is million. this movie
0: unreleasable?
1: Right, and uh, opens. What's
0: the date? You know, it opens basically like June nineteen sixty two. The way it was one hundred sixty five opening weekend. <laughs> it beat Dead Man's Chest, right? But then it uh, in Dumb. its first
1: it seems Dumb. wide weekend. So yeah. a couple, which is what we're doing in a couple sure. weeks into its release. It's opening number five. Okay. It's not bad. No. Number one at the box office, Griffin. Mm-hmm. It's a Delbert Mann comedy. Delbert Mann comedy. Two okay. giant stars. Okay.
0: Uh, it's a rom-com. Uh, okay. Two giant stars. Uh, Man and woman. Rom-com. Delbert Mann. Yes. Is Cary Grant one of them? He is. And he's
1: playing, and stop me if this sounds too sure. crazy. A rich
0: guy okay
1: and the lady is mm. not rich she's unemployed and kind of figuring it out and, and it's lo- kind of a whoop okay hmm
0: what is this movie called
1: the film is called that touch of mink and Oh, stars sure. cary grant
0: and Darst sure. A. sure sure um sure. big hit i'm too tired to guess
1: huh you're too, too tired, tired to, to guess. guess oh yep. he's tired i don't know uh big hit uh-huh. made 17 million dollars okay nominated for three oscars mm-hmm. you know just a classic Cary grant just hit a touch number two at the box office is a political drama political drama is it not manchurian Canada? no it's le- it's a preminger it's less famous than like the absolute top tier 60s political dramas but it is a preminger movie it does have a badass soul bass poster and it stars like a bunch of heavy hitters um, it's, it's not a, about
0: a fucking man for all seasons. Well, no, that's that's no. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm British, just running through British titles British in my team. head. I know, I know, I know. Okay,
1: he knows. Well, uh, you got Henry Fonda, Charles Lawton, uh, Burgess Meredith. Do I know this Gene movie? Turney. Is this like a known title? It's a known title in that it's like a political phrase. Uh, it's about, I think, the confirmation hearings for a Secretary of State. You know, back when they really made just the most exploitative trash. <laughs> um, Lois
0: film. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: it's called Advise and Consent." Oh, okay. I was never gonna get that. Cool poster, though. Cool
0: poster. It's a tag on a briefcase. Yeah, with the cool Capitol title, building. the capital. It's a good.
1: Uh, title. Never seen it. Nope. A young Betty White,
0: isn't it? Oh, mm. young girl. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Bless up. Bless uh, up. <laughs> number three of the box office. By the way, I'm throwing a Betty Centennial tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. It's just, it was too late for me to cancel. (laughs) (laughs) You already bought the flowers. Yeah. And I bought the magazine covers. Go on. Uh, You already booked DJ Mariko.
1: Uh, Number four, number three, number three at the box office is the Best Picture winner of 1970. uh, Sorry, 1961. Uh, It's in its 37th week of complete box office domination. It's one of the most famous films ever made.
3: I might know it. Uh, it? Well, one Best
1: Picture in 1961. It's all sound of music. No, but it it's is a w- musical.
3: West Side Story.
1: Oh, of course. It's West Side Story. Of course. The story of the West Side. The most West Side film ever made. Until Stevie even mm-hmm. went, maybe so even a little, little further, further west. west. Yeah. 11th Avenue. Yeah. Um, this
3: was just in a trivia thing I did. Go ahead. And I had said Sound of Music and got corrected. Right. So Ooh. I watched you, you step learned your the lesson. exact pitfall I did. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three. Uh-huh.
1: Number four, sorry, uh, is another rom-com. Starring some famous people. Okay. About hmm. three men and a looking little to meet lady. Oh. needs that are not being satisfied in their marriages. Their bachelor friend arranges for a quote unquote kept woman who is in reality a sociology student studying the fantasies of contemporary American men. Sounds uh, crazy, right? This isn't balls of fire. No.
3: Good premise.
1: It wow. is kind did, of a crazy premise.
0: What is this movie?
1: It's called Boys Night Out. Okay. <laughs> and the boys are James Garner, Tony Randall, and I think Howard Duff. Huh. And the girl is Kim Novak.
0: Huh.
1: Uh it's a Michael Gordon film. I've never seen it. Yeah. It sounds wild. It she does. does not actually sleep with the men, to okay. be clear. But she keeps making each one think she's sleeping with the other ones, I think is sort of the gimmick. Interesting. Sort of the Three's Company style right. weird arrangement. This is
0: exactly what you could do in the Hayes Code.
1: Right. Uh, it's also got Patty Page. Jaja Gabor is in this film. Well, James Garner wrote in his memoirs that Novak was, quote, more interested in her makeup than the script. Okay. Okay. Fucking James. James. Um, so that's Boys Night Out number five. Lolita. Some other films. Hatari. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, John Wayne uh, African Game Hunter rom com. <laughs> I've never seen it. Howard Hawks movie. I bet it's good. It's a Howard Hawks movie. It's probably yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Bon voyage, which is a Disney Fred McMurray movie. One I of their I fun ones. I know about that one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Henry Harry Willard makes good his promise to take his bride of 20 years on a long delayed trip by ship to Europe.
0: They're accompanied by their kids. Comedy ensues. Reading here, Bon Voyage has been announced as a Disney Plus original series. Yep. Posley
1: Crowther didn't like it. Um, mm. Now, we've heard of uh, some other movies. We've, we've heard of Mrs. Harris Go to Paris. What about yeah. Mr. Hobbs Taking a Vacation? The the Monsieur Hello uh, remake? Yes, it's Jimmy Stewart, right? Yeah. As, yeah. Uh, as the Hulot I've never seen. Obviously. I haven't either.
0: It's odd that it exists. Right? Isn't it odd that like that movie in particular is so much just... His performance and his directing style. Right. The idea of remaking, it's like, it's not like the concept's that interesting. <laughs> number
1: nine is something called The, the Counterfeit Traitor. Okay. Starring William Holden. Okay. Some kind of espionage thriller film. Mm-hmm. And number 10 is Judgment at Nuremberg. Mm. Another heavy hitter mm-hmm. from 61. I almost
0: guessed.
1: I mean, you know. This is probably somewhere those, around here. One of those movies. Yeah. That's the box office game for Lolita. I don't have
0: anything else for you guys.
3: I, I don't either.
0: Uh, Fran thank you so much for doing this oh
3: thank you for having me
0: to make it very clear the the way we often book this show is we'll be like who haven't we had on in a while who are people we, we've never had on that we should have on and we'll throw out to them like here's the series we're doing tell us which ones you want to do and yeah. it was one of those things. It's not like you, you, you were like our 20th choice for Lolita. I don't want to make it sound no, like. No,
3: 25th maybe. But it was a
0: thing when we were throwing to people the full list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wanted to touch it or people would go like, I would do this, this, or Lolita. Yeah. And then if we circled back to them and said, hey, a lot of interest in those other two. Would you do Lolita? They'd be like, never mind. I actually don't want to do Lolita. Yeah,
3: so I'm, then, I'm brave.
0: very quickly we said, who's the bravest person we know? Yep. Who mm-hmm. knows books like a motherfucker? Who's got a giant lolly?
3: Who's got a giant lolly? That's yep. me. Um,
0: yeah. and and as we know, anytime Fran Hoffner comes on the show, he fucking suplexes wow. Lynn Man Miranda in the ratings. True. Sure. Yeah.
3: I don't really I don't really want Lynn to think there's some kind of rivalry between us. I do see us there's as no rivalry you... as I see us as equals. You're not.
0: You're much more powerful a draw <laughs> so for not. this show than he I'm is.
3: so sure, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, Fran, is there anything you want to plug Fran magazine?
3: I'll plug Fran magazine, my little old Substack. stack. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it.
0: Read the read the lolly piece on Gawker. Oh yeah,
3: on gawker.com you can read about my six days with my lollipop, including a nice little visit my brother had to the city while oh, I was
1: shout out Owen.
3: Shout out Owen while I was going through this. Funny to explain to someone not sort of all about self sabotage for comedy. Uh, how and why you self sabotage for comedy? It's really hard
0: explaining it to the normals.
3: Yeah, you just it's it's like science, but less rewarding because yeah. nothing good comes out of it. You're just like, well, we'll see what happens. And my and, misery. Yeah,
0: it's an experiment where you know the outcome, and totally. you hope that people enjoy the outcome.
3: Here's what here's a great part of the mm. stick of uh, the lollipop that I didn't make it in the story is the stick, which is that when you have a lollipop that big, stick is made of wood. Sure. Small lollipop, you got a paper stick. Starts to wilt. Starts to wilt, tastes horrible in your mouth. Yes. Wood lollipop stick, fine. Pretty good. Not bad.
0: Huh. That's a ringing endorsement.
3: Everything else about it, not good.
0: I don't like lollipops for the reason you articulated.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't even really like hard candy, so this was really...
1: I love cough drop. The minute you... I like a cough drop, but the minute you unwrap a lollipop, it's like, well, now I've got this fucking thing to deal with. It's the Kanye West tweet about uh, now I'm responsible for this water bottle.
0: (laughs) I mean... Back when he was funny. Yeah. Not a psycho. (sighs) A little bit of a psycho. Thank you, Fran. Thank you you. all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping to produce the show. Thank you to Joe Bo and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Lynn Montgomery and The Great American Owl for our theme song. J.J. Birch for our research. Ajm Keehan, Alex Barron, for our editing. You can go to BlankCheckPod.com for some links to some real nerdy shit, including Blank Check special features, our Patreon, where we do commentaries on franchises, along with other things. We're doing the Roger Moore Bond movies. We're saying, give me more. Yeah. But we're also doing uh, two Kubrick bonuses coming up 2010 and Dr. Sleep. And then a mystery one coming later in the year. Uh, Tune in next week for 3,000 years of longing. And as always... How did they ever make a podcast out of Lolita?